Hello, Internet. This is Grant, uh, host of the Two Versus Two podcast, which you probably already knew since you're listening to this. Um, this is episode four, also known as our Game of the Year edition of the Two Versus Two podcast. Um, I did not record an intro for it because we kind of had two... I turned this big three-hour block into two episodes. One is the mostly Japanese RPG-focused one, which you could probably find. It's episode three and a half. Um, and the other one, which you're listening to now, is the episode four Game of the Year podcast. So it's episode four. Hi, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'll mix that into the music starting right about now. So I, I'm probably going to leave all this, like all the discussions that we had before about JRPG. Maybe I'll just like cut that out and put it into it. Not cut it out, but put it Make into it. Like, it. like a it's, bonus podcast. Yeah, it's like you should. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> the, the, the hardcore fan. Well, we've got like fans. I'm actually very interested <laughs> to hear if Grant um, can stick by his declaration about Uncharted 2. Listen to the Venom. a month to cool off, you know? Listen to the saying... Venom in your voice. Like, if he can stick to his claim. <laughs> He's been saying it to me for weeks, so I don't think... I think he is very <laughs> solid in his Uncharted 2-ness, unless Assassin's Creed 2 somehow beat it in the last no. year. Yeah, I'm hoping that you've retained your enthusiasm for Brutal Legend since the last time you were on this podcast. Who, Drew? Yeah. Because it was demo time. The game hadn't even come out yet. That's oh, right. Really? I was into it when we last did this. You never even finished it, did you? Nope. I didn't. Similar to Uncharted yeah. 2. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah, so, okay, well, we can cross Brutal Legend off the list. Wait, then. you didn't finish Uncharted 2? No, it was terrible at the end. What? Yeah. We've, uh, yeah, we, we, uh... Is this like that crossbow thing where you have to, like... That's part of it. No, I think part of it was I had a similar problem that Drew had towards the end where where there were a lot of I think we may have even talked about this. Are already we officially talking podcast. about this now? Yeah, we're talking about it. Okay. Let's start with Uncharted 2. We are officially talking <laughs> Officially. Hi, it's the two versus welcome to the two versus two podcast. <laughs> um so towards uh, the game's weakest element I think was its sustained firefights with waves of guys coming at you. Okay. Cuz sure. I didn't really like that part of the game. I liked the big set pieces and the and the Tomb Raider exploration. Right. Towards the end of the game they string together Mm-hmm. multiple waves and then they you have to fight those rooms like one after another towards the end and just the, I don't think the combat sustained it well enough. Are you talking specifically about like the big open room with uh, like the, the multiple battle? levels and the staircase? I'm talking so. about as soon as the train crashes to the uh, end of the game. Okay. <laughs> with I don't agree the majority of the end of the game. With two segments in the middle being excluded from that that were awesome. Okay. But from the, the train there's a part where spoilers <laughs> the beginning of the game, there's tra- yeah. a crash train, yeah. and then you get off that crash train later in the story, mm-hmm. and you have a very long, very protracted, very... I think there were four checkpoints during that fight, and mm-hmm. I think I had to reload it at all four checkpoints about 15 times each. Really? Because I had that a similar game, problem. That, like, that, that game, until that point... Mm-hmm. There were a couple points on the thing right before the, on the actual train battle where I had to reload a couple times. Yeah. But until that, I don't think I reloaded one fight more than once or twice ever. Okay. And yeah, from that point I've on... I've heard that, that it just doesn't set you to expect... It doesn't set you up to expect... It really felt to me like they had a team that balanced the first half of the game and a team that balanced the second half of the game and they didn't talk. Hmm. Like, 
the there was the 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 begin the first game had the same problem that there was a certain point at which the game just got so fifty guys at a time with uh, with your handgun and the machine gun and you can take three hits which hey that's realism I'm okay with that mm. but but like it just I didn't feel like he needed to be a badass in order to kill like a million people for me to feel like Drake was a really great person like okay. you know Indiana Jones. You can probably name the one time you all. You, there's probably one instance that you guys can name off the top of your head where he shot somebody, mm-hmm. and and it's because Harrison Ford was sick. It's not because <laughs> it, it was written that way. Right. Every other fight he has was was hand to hand, or you know, okay. and like the cool stuff about Indiana Jones for me is about the action adventure stuff, not hiding behind barrels. Uh-huh. And like that game, the the action adventure stuff, the the jumping stuff for the most part was really good. The mm-hmm. the unlocking the crypt stuff was really good for most of the game until a certain point when it just got it and again getting into one specific area took too long. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I really really liked all of that. And then yeah. they would just interpose that with thirty minute firefights that were that I don't feel like the fidelity of the controls and the and things like that mirror properly what it should do. Okay. And I should also okay. throw in, I don't like shooters. Ah. So. Hey, game of the year, right there. I think uh, <laughs> if if the game had ended at the point where I liked it, it would have been my game of the year. Like, no questions asked. Hmm. Like, up until then, it was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. had some of the best level design I've ever seen in any action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. The writing was great. It was crisp. It was funny. It was... Like, yeah. everything interposed so well. It was so perfect. It was everything I wanted, and I was loving it. And I could, I was like, this is a 96 on game rankings or whatever. <laughs> and then right at the point where, like, I just started struggling with the game so heavily, like, it just lost me after that. And hmm. and I haven't switched it to easy, which, shame on me for thinking that a game that was very fun and good up until one point on normal, I should actually have to notice to drop difficulties. Like Dragon, Dragon Age. Age. Dragon Age. <coughs> Dragon Age. But this is going to be an interesting conversation yeah. because I've gotten through both of those games on normal. Yeah. Well, you're much more hardcore. You're much more... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I've, I've I had the mean, same... I, okay. Go ahead. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm i not really like a shooter guy, so I'm... I don't know. Maybe I approached it in a different way from my usual RPG-ness, but um, I don't know. I, I I kind of got I got sucked into Uncharted 2 in a way that even though it was the same thing that happened with the first Uncharted where, you know, it definitely got to that point, you know, where it suddenly starts throwing tons of dudes at you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for both games, you know, I definitely had sort of a, a spot where I was like, okay, I need to kind of put this down for a bit and then come back to it. Um, and you know, I, I, I did that, but I don't think there was any point where I felt it was, you know, to the point where I was just going to stop like, or, or, you know, change a difficulty or something. Right. Um, you know, there were definitely parts where, you know, uh, especially, you know, Uncharted 2, since we've already put up the spoiler alert, you know, when the blue dudes, uh, have entered the fray and they've got, you know, just this ridiculous speed plus power thing going on and they're jumping all over the place and they're shooting crossbows and and grenading and then suddenly they're on the ground charging you it's like sort of this you know mixing up all the dynamic and there was definitely parts fighting them where it's just like fuck it i'm i'm done you know 
uh, for right now. But then I yeah. you know, picked it up again and then sort of taking a fresh mind to it, got back into it. So maybe maybe I just allowed myself in my gaming schedule to allow for that. Yeah. Um, well, I think Drew but, played yeah. it later than I did, okay. where there were more games out Not at that, that point that you wanted to play. But I had the same problems that you did with him, mm-hmm. Drew, for those who can't see who I'm looking at at home. <laughs> um, I got to the when, the... when the story kind of circles back on itself uh, later on in the game, which that's not a spoiler, hopefully, for yeah. people... Um, from that point on, like that firefight that happens right after that mm. took me fucking forever. Maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes to make it past that. Maybe even longer. Well, that, I that's the one where you're, you're hiding out in the hole of the train. Yeah, yeah. And you've got basically everyone coming at you. Yeah. You've got two chain gun guys. You've yep. got, you know, everything. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't, I died a lot there. And yeah. I, I finally made it past it almost seemingly by accident. And then from there, it was, Whenever I would have to have one of those extended firefights, it mm. was not really fun for me anymore. It was more like, I want to see where the story is going. I want to finish this game. Yeah. Let's get this shit out of the way. Especially <laughs> once guys with rocket launchers start showing up. I didn't, uh, I didn't really have a problem with the blue guys. I was able mm. to, to take them out pretty much without too much work, but there was one, uh, just a few examples of rooms that just went on for one wave longer than they needed to or something that right. I just, I couldn't handle. I think but. for me, like, my biggest gripe about the game, I mean, as, as long as we're talking about its faults, you know, being that it's a you know, otherwise amazing experience, yeah. um, my gripe, you know, was always, I think it always boiled down to uh, uh, let's make a Uber unit that is a bullet sponge. Um, you know, it's, it first started, you know, when you have the chain gun guys, you know, those guys, obviously, oh, they've got lots of armor. Therefore, you shoot them lots of times, even in the head. And it's like, it, it kind of started breaking the illusion then with those guys whenever they show up. And then you have the sort of mini-boss type guy on the train um, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's 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 more of an event type thing. But still, you shoot him like, you know, 5,000 times in the head, but you're yeah. supposed to take him out in a, you know, a certain type of way. And then, the you know, the blue guys, you know, they come in and they're also sort of bullet sponge-y. Um, not as much so as the others, but just kind of that concept of let's make this larger unit that is, you know, similar to an RPG, has a larger health bar or something, yeah. you know, as opposed to keeping the, you know, the present setting of it and being, okay, these are all humans in some way. Um, if you shoot them in the head, they're going to die. <laughs> well, I think that one way of solving that problem, and I assume they didn't do this because they just ran out and their their set piece budget didn't have enough yeah. room to do more stuff. Was yeah. was to make the boss fights gimmicky, not gimmicky like mm-hmm. the the uh, the end boss in the first game. Because right. as we talked about a few episodes ago, that was kind of horrible. But you know, mixing it up like they did in Half Life a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, instead of instead of making like the guy on the train that I I had the same feeling when I was fighting him. Like, yeah. I've shot you like thirty times in the head. Why are you not dead? Like, oh, it's helping yeah. to fall off yet. That's yeah. Why. It's, it's <laughs> but yeah. I, but I still do think it is the game of the year because mm-hmm. at its core, even with those 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 firefights that could be a little frustrating, yeah. um, it, the highs are higher than any other game that. I've seen in recent memory. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. So maybe we shouldn't have started with that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's the way I feel about it. So thinking back on it now, like I try to think of, because I have problems with that game. I have problems with Modern Warfare 2. I have problems with Assassin's <laughs> Creed 2. 
Um, well, no game is flawless. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like I think back to like Bar- to uh, to uh, Arkham Asylum, which I yeah. think is probably maybe somebody in this that's in this room's game of the year. And did it? I, I wonder if it had faults like that. And I don't think that it had as glaring as flaws as other games did. But yeah. it also, to me, never really went above a certain point. Like, right, it, was it didn't really, do as much. It also new came stuff. out in August. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, but I liked. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, Resident Evil Five and, and Arkham are my t- my two games of the year. And you haven't brought up Resident Evil Five, and most people forget yeah. it came out this year. Well, I mean, I we'll, we'll get there. It, so yeah, but it's just one of those things that Uncharted came out a month ago, so it's much fresher. Of course, I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. thing with Oscar season. Yeah. but I mean, I, I yeah. didn't. I can I can say honestly that I didn't feel as strongly about Batman even while I was playing and after I played it as I did mm-hmm. Uncharted Two. Well, so, for me, Batman was wrong. the yeah. one game this that in the last I don't know two or three years that I almost didn't go to work for, <laughs> and that's I don't do that. Like, no, just, why is that though? I mean, like, I just, you I just could, love, I love the game, like, but it was yeah. the gameplay was fun, but it like it felt it, it to me it kind of had the same issues as the first Assassin's Creed of I'm doing really? one thing over and over again many times. It's really fun, and I really enjoy doing it. But I, just, I don't see. I, I don't. So for me, for that's, three things over and over again. That's the same thing. That's my complaint with Uncharted. Is mm-hmm. you do the same thing over and over again. Sure. You run into a room and you shoot nine million bad guys, <laughs> and it's the same thing. Like with people that that bitch about Diablo, it's like, well, you just click over and over again. It's mm-hmm. like games are repetitive. Yeah. It's just if you make it the repetition I like, then it's fine. But Uncharted has I th- has the set pieces to break that up. I guess Batman kind of has the boss fight. Batman too, also but... has the stealth as well as the non. Well, that's what I'm talking. That's what I was talking about with Assassin's Creed. It's like. The, the the three different mission types that you had in that game right. compared with like stealth and combat and right. boss well, then fights. you can also throw in like you know the uh, spoilers the, <laughs> the 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 guy with the the crane guy not kill like well that was whatever but the, scarecrow. what's the scarecrow the yeah. scarecrow mess. oh well yeah sure well that was another you know sort of it was yeah it was its own layer but it was like a variant of the stealth. But uh, but it was but a variant. A like yeah, I mean, exactly. whereas I don't think there's that variant in mm-hmm. Uncharted for me. It's yeah, the sure. variant is the color of the terrain I'm shooting guys from. Well, I, I can think, agree with that. I think the mastery of what they pulled off with Batman is taking those. What, you know what Assassin's Creed didn't do, um, or actually, so let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Assassin's Creed has these you know core things that you do, and you do them in the exact same way every single time. Yes, and in a very similar settings that maybe change tint you know throughout the game, um, and essentially it is you know the same game multiple times. Yes, um, with, what Batman does is it takes those you know elements and then it starts combining them in interesting ways and giving you twists on them. So maybe you're you know. You've been you've been learning to hop from gargoyle to gargoyle and take out these guys. You know now in the latter parts of the game they have explosives. You know they just those th- you know mixing it up in different ways, putting beepers on the collars of the bad guys. You know just throughout the game they keep on introducing different ways to tackle those scenarios. That I think you know is is what kept it from you know Assassin's Creeding. <laughs> it's true, and I mean, yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, that Assassin's Creed 1 was really the same game eight times or however many missions there were, right. and I feel like <sighs> Assassin's Creed 2, when the designers sat down to try to do a sequel, they kind of oversolved that problem. I don't want to move away from Batman completely, but when mm-hmm. the main problem I had with Assassin's Creed 2 was that 
the side stuff to me was incredibly more interesting than the main story. I don't know how, how much have you finished? I have you played not it? played it. I'm, I'm actually finishing up Assassin's Creed one, so I have ah. the sort of core story right. grounding to actually go into the second one. You're an assassin. Well, you're done. Well, story solved. <laughs> see, the, see, the thing is, like, I'm right now. I'm more interested in what's happening in the present day in Assassin's Creed one than I am with just you know, killing dudes. That will not change. Right, and I just want to finish that part so I yeah. at least understand the continuity. It's definitely a good baseline to have. Yeah. And But I feel like, you know, the pretty much everyone's main gripe with Assassin's Creed was that you just did three things over and over again. Yep. And in Assassin's Creed 2, they broke that up <laughs> in kind of the wrong way, and they made <laughs> the main story, I think, a little bit too kind of weird and... and, and and not directionless, but kind of chaotic <laughs> to the point where I, by the end of the game, as I've said to Drew, I didn't really care about what was happening with Ezio anymore. I just wanted right. more meta stuff. I wanted more things that the main story line was not giving to me. However, the, the main gameplay was still so much fun running around rooftops and stabbing mm-hmm. dudes that I was willing to forgive it. And that's still, I think one of the best games of the year because of that. Mm-hmm. But going back to Batman for a second, I, you know, I, kind of, it did come out a while ago. It did come out in August. <laughs> I had kind of forgotten about the whole Scarecrow sequences, which are pretty awesome, I have to say. The um, first one was just, yeah. like, when it happens, I didn't expect it. Yeah. And I just, it, it was Absolutely. just, it was the best moment in gaming for me this year. Was, right. I didn't yeah, know yeah. it was going to happen. Yeah. Like well, <laughs> Joe, you really need to get that game from Gamefly. And, uh, well, and it's interesting. I, I've, been, I've been kind of waiting to see if anybody would bring it up, and you have been talking about Batman and Uncharted and other games in the context of the fact that some of the operations that you perform in those games are a little repetitive, and one of the things that would really alleviate that for me, and you know, I have a lot of friends who have really enjoyed Batman, um, tell me that you know, that sort of thing is, is completely mitigated by the fact that it's an intellectual property that they care about. And so, you know, when you take, you know, at least in my communities, when you take an intellectual property that people really revere and you imbue it with something fun to do, people are not going to get tired of doing that in the same way that, you know, to me, Uncharted is not compelling because it doesn't have an IP that I care about in the same way that, like, Batman is. Right. Well, uh, to to that effect, though, the first Uncharted created an IP that I cared about, so Uncharted 2 was that more impactful for me. That's true, That's, and that is a good point, because I, if I was in your position, Joe, if I hadn't played the games and I was hearing all the hype about this one, I would probably feel the same way, but the first yeah, but I game... I think you've got a little bit of gamer tunnel vision right there. I mean, I feel like comparing, comparing an IP established by a video game to an IP established by 50 years of comic books and movies and all sorts of pervasive things, I, I don't really think that that's comparable. I, I'll, I'll rewind it, and, and you can point out to me the point where I said that Batman compares with Uncharted as far on an IP level, and we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> that's not at all what I meant. So, I mean, and I think it was you just said, well, that's true, Joe, great point, but... Uncharted 2 established its IP with Uncharted 1. Yeah, it's and not as... But that's that's not nearly on the same level. It's not as strong of an IP as Batman. Of no, course not. not. I would I would never say that. But it, it, it at least gave you an IP to care about as opposed to um, other Just games that have... Cold. Yeah, I, I mean... what I'm saying is I think it's a lot more likely that an IP like Batman would have touched you and made you care about Arkham Asylum 
than it is that an IP like Uncharted 1 would have touched you and made you care about Uncharted 2. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yes. Batman is Agreed. great. <laughs> Who doesn't love Batman? Um, at one point. <laughs> one, at one point. Uh, one, yeah, sure. <laughs> Batman, um, like, but people loving Batman is, is becoming a new, is, is, you know, loving him again is, or the IP again is somewhat new as of the personal films. Well, but, yeah, of course. I will say that when I found out they were making Batman Arkham Asylum and it was basically mm. going to be a Batman animated series exactly. episode, yeah. I, I wet myself in glee. Right, because that was the last time I cared about Batman. Right. And they did it right. Yep. Which I've never actually seen an episode of, yeah, but I, I know agree it's with good. Those of you a lot. I've got the whole so, thing yeah. for it. Well, <laughs> get it then. Oh, rent it from. It's totally in my gameplay queue. You know, <laughs> when it came out, it was like not available, not ever of available. Course. Yeah, well, well, it's game you can't for get you. that game. You know, mm-hmm. so it'll show up, and I'll play it, and I'll love it, and then I'll show up next year, like my game of 2010 <laughs> is Batman: Arkham Asylum. Well, when. Do we know when the sequels? Because they just announced a sequel for it. They just the the only info about it is, hey, look, here's the Joker and here's yeah. a Batman logo. Yeah. Um, well, also I, Gotham City. I hope it's not out next year yeah. because that would make me. I don't think that's enough time to make a good sequel. I think no, you're right. Good games more frequently would be bad. I don't know that it would be a good game, and I'm agreeing with Grant. I get what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, Batman's good. Uh. Uncharted 2 is good. Assassin's Creed 2 is good. Has mm-hmm. anybody played Modern Warfare but me? I've played the first five missions on PC at a friend's house. So you've played... Well, but I you... thought the single-player missions weren't really, like, why we cared about that game. Depends on who you talk to. The single-player missions are the only reason that I care about that game. The multiplayer is is intriguing to me, but right. unless, I, I wasn't there from day one on on Call of Duty 4, so oh, I'll just get... I'll, so I'm totally like the same stream <laughs> dumbass when it comes to this game. Like, I know more about it as a result of reading, like, Penny Arcade news posts mm-hmm. than I do of actually following the game. Sure. So I so I see that, and I go, oh, it's a, it's a crappy single-player game uh, with, you know, the most pervasive and compromised multiplayer ever in the history of the world and uh, and I hear a very different narrative when you when you say the name of that game. Well some people would not disagree with you. I mean the single player story is the only reason why I play that game. And if I had gotten in on the ground floor of the multiplayer, which I guess you could argue is not even Call of Duty four, but back like Battlefield nineteen forty two with the kind of complicated multiplayer that they have. Well, does it have a super steep learning curve? Because I didn't get that impression. No, it doesn't. But it's got it's it's complicated in the sense that you can you you level up your guy when you do certain things, right. and that when you combine that the idea of, of somebody being more leveled up than you, plus them knowing the maps and the gameplay mechanics a lot more, it just felt like I was never going to be able to crack it. And yeah, so I, I never bought it. I'm shocked by the fact that it's as popular it is, as it is, because shortly behind, it's a fantastic multiplayer game. The second most common comment I hear about it is, oh my god, it's so completely exploitable. And <laughs> in my world, you know, you know, I go back to Star Siege Tribes, really, for my last obsessive multiplayer first-person shooter experience, but but in my experience, a very compromised, unbalanced game that allows for a lot of, you know, broken behavior is exactly the opposite of what's going to create a pervasive multiplayer community, but this
this game seems to kind of break that mold. Everybody loves this game and at the same time acknowledges that it's pretty poorly balanced. Well, I don't know how, how pervasive the this is really broken and easily exploitable phenomenon is. Like I've I've I know that there are exploits, but I only know that there are exploits because the game is popular enough for that news to, to seep down to me when I don't really go looking for it. I don't know like I get the feeling that the bulk of people who play the game are not constantly encountering people who are cheating. Yeah. I mean I if Infinity Ward hadn't fixed stuff like that, then the game wouldn't be as popular as it is, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just the kind of the top one, you know, the one percent phenomenon with uh, with forums and the internet. But oh, really? So you think this this revolutionary situation where there's this great multiplayer game that is heavily compromised, but people love it anyway, is not really like that? I perceive is not really in existence. I don't think so, and I think that part of the reason why it's so groundbreakingly popular is because it kind of coincided with the rise of Xbox Live as being something that's finally honed enough to support it, you know? And so many more people are playing console games than PC games now that, that somebody was going to step up and be that multiplayer experience, and it just happened to end up being Call of Duty 4, I think. Um, I think that the fact that you can level up your guy yeah. and have these perks is a nice bonus, but I don't think that that's necessarily the reason why it's become as popular as it is. I don't know for that, sure. That's well, funny. Interestingly, I hate that stuff. Like, anything that <laughs> I do, brings yeah. RPG elements into multiplayer games, I'm not really a big fan of. I love the idea of it, of me leveling up my guy and then being able to, to do something myself with that. The idea of other people leveling up and being able to be better than me as a result of it, yeah, I don't really care for that either. But, <laughs> well, yeah. it all depends, like, you know, sort of where you get in. You know, if you're, I mean, that's, and that's the thing that kind of, you know, that's why there's so many first day sales because people yeah. saw, you know, people saw what happened with Modern Warfare, uh, first one, yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty 4. I was going to say Modern Warfare 4, but that doesn't exist. IW2. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity Ward. <laughs> 4, I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, people see that and, you know, this hype builds and builds and, you know, it becomes this thing that where it sells like, you know, 6 million copies in the first yeah. month. And, um, I think for, I think for a lot of shooter players, uh, honestly, I think that's like their wow. Yeah, sure. Because, I mean, the, the leveling up is, you know, comparative, you know, you, you, a lot of what I hear from people that are really enjoying it and playing it, which is most of the people on my friends list, um, is, you know, and I see them in like, you know, five or six player parties all the yeah. time, just constantly playing that game. I don't even have it. But, you know, what I hear from them is that there's always something to work towards. Like, even when you're dying, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, there's always a thing on the screen that's saying you're almost there, go for it and keep playing and, you know, keep, you know, <laughs> keep, you know, booting up this game. You know, it's, it's keeps getting, keeps giving you carrots and incentives to, you know, have you come back and play more rather than just saying, okay, well, now you're going to win a couple rounds tonight. Yeah. I was hoping to have Stacy on before the end of the year to talk about it because she is by far the most hardcore person I know about it, mm. but that didn't quite work out. Hopefully we'll have her on uh, after the new year to, to hopefully. We've established that you're biased against women, so, you know. Cool. <laughs> Not just biased against them. I hate, I actively hate them. But <laughs> Stacy can be a guy's name too, by the way. Like who? Stacy Andrews. Who's that? Is a college football player? Something like that. Some sort of football player. Drew has come back to life with a, with the mention of football. Yeah, I <laughs> That's decided surprising. that I could take that guy. I don't know who he is, but, you know, whatever. 
Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't, I mean... Call of Duty 6, Modern Warfare 2 is... is, is <laughs> Clearly doesn't need us to uh, to pimp it. It's obviously sold very very well and it's been very well received. Pretty much. Um, so you're saying it's the game of the year? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I, I, I've really come around on this. I'm honestly surprised that it didn't win Spike's game of the year though. What well, did Uncharted Two? Uncharted Two. Yeah. Um, I because I, I mean from the mood of that show, he's like, an eagle. That's how I know who he is. <laughs> so, so Brent, I mean, given that it's going to take forever, are you actually ready to dive into? Debating everybody's choice for game of the year. Well, no, because they're all wrong. <laughs> Uncharted Two is the game of the year. Spike said so. The game <laughs> so oh, that's Spike. the debate is over. No, I mean, um... so so you realize this means that if we have this podcast for the next like two years, that I'm just gonna read every article on that site and then be like, "Well, Spike says." <laughs> mm-hmm. Best Probably. voice, best acting. Oh, what was God. that? Best voice, uh, best soundtrack they give to DJ Hero. Well, I mean, I I agree with uh, with with um, what my former colleague John Combs said on Twitter after uh, <laughs> after the video game awards. Yeah. Are we actually taking those seriously now? Because <laughs> they had a red they, carpet. Of course, they, we uh, they've only existed for a few <laughs> years, and like before this, uh, they were they were just kind of. I don't think anybody in the industry mean, really took them seriously, and now they're like somehow turned into our Oscars. No, until they start start taking it seriously, I don't think we can take it seriously. Well, I mean, the very opening. They, they didn't used to get taken seriously. Do you mean that, like, Mega Man Legends used to win? I mean, what, what do you say? <laughs> no, just that nobody, like, they would give awards and nobody really cared about them because there's no real consistent body that gives out awards in the video game industry besides, well, like, E3 everyone, game of the year. Doesn't every site do that? I mean, doesn't, like... Well, GameSpot and yeah. GameSpy, and, yeah. and I mean, doesn't every every single site out there do a game of the year, strategy game of the year, fighting game of the year, grants game of the year? I mean, doesn't everyone do that? Of course they do, but that's why nobody ever is able to take it all seriously because everybody does one, right. and there's no like universally recognized body like the Academy of Arts and Sciences. Or that's actually always been strange to me. I, well, I, as a consumer. It has always been difficult for me to choose a review <laughs> slash news site. Yeah, because it'll say, "Oh, well, yeah." Go ahead. There is no consensus about any woman being reputable. And there's also, you know, when I go in and look at and look at video games, you can you can find fifty different games on shelves that will say like "Game of the Year Edition." And you're like, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, was it some European magazine that gave you that? Or what? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and honestly, I do. I think I have bought in the last couple of years. I've bought at least four or five games with Game of the Year edition. Like, really? <laughs> Who thought that? Really? Yeah. And I mean, is that Game of the Year? Is that RPG of the Year? Stuff like that. You it's know, a so. new marketing tool. So maybe I, I don't think it's the end of the world if these things become the Oscars for video games. But there is mm. there are a lot of problems with the awards that they give out. Like, well, but as a gamer, I would love it if they were just one site. Like, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post are generally agreed upon, with some exceptions, as being like, if you read something there, it's probably not complete bullshit. And I don't feel like I know where to go for that with uh, with games. I hope you're just talking about book reviews, because the, a lot of the, what the Washington Post and New York Times <laughs> says is complete well, bullshit. honestly... I just couldn't think of an appropriate analogy for this day and age. I know what I you're mean, saying. Maybe five or six years ago, it was appropriate to say that those were the, the truly reputable news outlets. I, I don't know that it still is. It's TMZ. But, uh, yeah. I don't know that there really are any anymore, but... 
TMZ. Independent of that, yeah, TMZ. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. Uh, I mean, is it Metacritic? Is it Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, what, what is it? I can't. Well, I can't really take those. I, I can't really take those seriously. I mean, I. In general, I think they're pretty accurate, but when so many different sites use so many different rating scales, it, it skews the numbers so much that it kind of makes them invalid after a while. Only after a game gets like 100 reviews can you really start to throw out the weird ones yeah. and kind of get an accurate reading. Well, I um, think going back to you know the idea of Spike being sort of you know the award show, yeah. um, I don't think that's going to happen you know unless they completely change their format because the simple fact of it is that Spike's awards are are voted upon by the public. And well they're voted upon by journalists, right? Oh, no, well, I'm pretty well, sure it's they so you vote for them on the site. Tracy McGrady might start in the NBA All Star game. Well I mean <laughs> nobody knows what that means. Uh, okay, well Tracy McGrady I mean I know what that means, but they was injured the entire season and yet still has enough votes from fans to be one of the starters in the NBA All-Star game. Right, and the NFL has fixed that by having both fans and teams vote on, I think, or do they do three things? Yeah, fans, teams, or fans, players, and coaches vote on the Pro Bowl, problem solved. But this is, I don't know what Spike was using, because I know that I've heard journalists say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm voting for these, but I don't, I don't know, know if... You... Well, maybe maybe the journalist votes have more sway, but I know for yeah. a fact that Spike on their website has, you know, a place where you vote for the games. Right. And they have the nominees on there. I voted. And... Well, I don't know. See, because because if you look at, if, if you try to compare it to something like the Oscars, I think that <laughs> if your concern is that games that are not selling 6 million copies are getting overlooked, mm-hmm. then I think that that problem is, has kind of been solved in a way by the Oscars with like independent films or smaller films <laughs> can still get recognized if they're good enough. Right. But that's and, still... and they have the indie game, you know, of the year yeah. category. But that's like, it's like there's, <laughs> but the only categories they have are like super triple A titles that sell millions of copies and indie games. Right. Well, okay. Well, well let's... also at the same time, I mean, if we are, if we're in the business of judging games, uh, doesn't it make a lot of sense to judge them by how many people like them? I mean, how do you games, med- even more than movies, are probably about an interactive experience between the software and the person using the software. But how so, how could you possibly so, I mean, measure that? If a bunch that, of frat boys really like Madden, doesn't that make it a really good game? I'll try it again. How do you actually measure that, though, with other games that are not, I mean, that because that's just sales. Sales and online activity. And if okay. you don't, unless you start measuring... You oh, know, so you're saying that ranking is already done. Not really, because a game can sell a shitload of copies like any licensed game on the, or any game on the Wii or any licensed game mm-hmm. on handhelds and be complete dog shit. So there's no, I mean, it's, it's, at least in the, in, in the Oscars, people can agree that generally a movie won't get nominated for best picture or whatever if it's kind of terrible, you know? Whereas, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, it, there's a reason why this hasn't been solved yet, I think. And I think, Spike, I don't even know who is the driving force behind the video game awards. Right. That well, Spike is televising. But... <laughs> yeah, indie, indie games, games powered by Doom. Yeah. Ah, that's just, that's a contradiction in of itself. But um, I think I was going to bring up, um, they're not televised, but, or maybe they were last year, but the awards... Uh, at these like the developer choice awards at GDC, that doesn't mm-hmm. work because they only yeah. nominate games that are 
that members uh, are of. So okay, it's so it's only Visa. Yeah, so like half the AAA titles are excluded because oh, okay. they're not members. Okay, so it's the same if thing. That was, as... If that was more inclusive, maybe something but the, like the that. The point of that is not to be inclusive. Okay, so. <laughs> like, that's the same problem that like when they have awards for game writing every year. It's like they right. only have they're only allowed to give out the awards to people who are members of the WGA, which is right. half the people, more than half the people in this business are not. So, yeah. well, and like the Screen Actors Guild has their awards every year, which yeah. you have to be a member of SAG. It's true. Yeah. So, I, and, and people do pay a ton of attention to the Screen Actor Guild awards. I mean, they, they really don't. <laughs> well, I think that's the same as the VGAs. Yeah. So. Well, not anymore, it seems like. I mean, these things got a ton of press lately. I think they got a lot of press because there wasn't anything going on. Well, they I got a lot of press really? among people who are paying attention. I don't think that that casual consumers of video games know what the hell you're talking about. Well, of course not, but I'm saying inside this business, the video game awards this year seems like they got a lot more attention than in previous years where they were kind of like, mm, oh, yeah. Spike put something on TV? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, so to your point of Tiger Woods, I can name three of his mistresses. I cannot name who won any of the awards for the VGAs. I'm in this industry. Be, then you've been deliberately ignoring it because you yeah. have the same RSS feeds that I do. No, he just oh, really likes Tiger Woods. I, I really do. Actually, <laughs> well, I'm just a big fan of Jocelyn James. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the porn stars. How do you? How does Jocelyn get spelled? <laughs> oh, it's J O S L Y N. Of course it is. What were you saying? <laughs> Let's not go down that road. Um, I honestly got distracted. Oh, so sorry. I no got distracted um, by mistresses. And- I, I don't even know much about the Tiger Woods thing. I don't pay attention to I it. don't either because I was in Japan oh, when it happened. God. Thank I'm God. I'm glad that there are people like me out there in the world. Awesome. Shit. I'm sorry. I shop. That means that <laughs> when I'm at the register, I know everything about Tiger Woods because <laughs> if I'm in line, I see the Us Weekly and the Peoples uh, and the National Enquirer. I see that. I, like, I can't avoid right it. What you right now is holding up a mask which hides your true intentions. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that like I read about it. It's just like... Well, well a minute ago you were like, the only reason I know shit is because I stand in line at the pharmacy. Yeah, and, and I'm okay that home. I do stand in line and read it. And I do know about it. I also happen to know that Brad and Angelina had a fight two weeks ago because of the same thing. <laughs> I'm changing, this is off topic. I'm changing the format of this podcast. About brutal legend I hear. Well, that's that's one of the things that like I follow a lot of a lot of kind of game developer celebrities on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I think the biggest travesty of the of the awards uh, was that Brutal Legend lost best soundtrack to DJ Hero. Yeah. And Tim Schafer was kind of understandably yeah. uh, surprised and upset by that. Yeah. And that, I think, is is why these awards, even if they do oh, next year... <laughs> yeah. Why they are crap. Why even if That's next year... to me, because, like, DJ Hero, I've heard about it, and everybody seems to say, wow, that's that's a... That's a creative idea for a game, and it is actively fun, but there's just not enough there. Well, here's the thing. The only game that was not a music game on Best Soundtrack was Brutal Legend. Yeah. Every single thing, every other game was a music game, like DJ Hero, Guitar Hero 5, yeah. and uh, Guitar Hero the Beat, or I mean, uh, Rock Band Beatles. Beatles. Rock Band, yeah. And that's, that's the thing, is of course those games have soundtracks. They are the soundtracks. Yeah. 
And yeah, the entire reason why I thought, you know, Brutal Legend 1, which I'm maybe, you know, is the reason why you thought too, is because it took a soundtrack and it made it the actual, you know, score of the game. Yeah. You know, it took its, this gigantic track list of all these metal tunes and crafted them in such a way that it was the actual background music of this game rather than being a GTA radio type of thing. Yeah, there's... So, so what does the, the actual musician think of this? Is he like, I'm just offended that nobody noticed the background music to Monster Rancher 9. Well, well Hans, Zimmer, <laughs> Hans Zimmer did the score for Modern Warfare 2. If they yeah. really if they really cared, they would make they would do what the Oscars. I think what the Oscars do is is have a different, or maybe the Grammys, yeah. have a different for score and soundtrack. Well, they do, though. Do uh, they, for the... they had Best Original Soundtrack and Best... Or and Best Original Score and Best Soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. So what won Best Score, then? Um, best Score was Marty O'Donnell's uh, o- oh, ODST. Right. And yeah. should have been Torchlight. What? Torchlight's soundtrack is also awesome. oh, a guitar. Yeah, actually, whatever. Yeah. No, no, it was actually really good. I like the better <laughs> when it was called Diablo. Torchlight's Diablo's soundtrack is actually the same as Diablo oh. 2 and Diablo 1 soundtrack. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, it had yeah, a little I more modern influence to it. I can't really say I don't. <laughs> well, if, if, you know. Yeah, every, every song on the uh, Brutal Legend soundtrack was metal. So that that's the same <laughs> argument you just had. It's classical guitar. <laughs> you, you know how I have it. So I'd like to. The only the only comment I have about this is the only soundtrack of the ones that won, like when DJ Era won. That's the only one where the music was done for the game, because those those the mashups, the mashups yeah. were none done of them by. were done were previously right, so, existing. So game of the year, DJ Era. Yeah, uh, <laughs> DJ Era was my my rhythm game of the year by far. Drew's it better than Beatles Rock Band, really? Better than Ooh, that's a good point. Rhythm Heaven? <laughs> I don't know what he probably didn't is. Uh, <laughs> I, Rhythm Heaven, I I do not understand the love that that game is getting. Really? I oh, played it, fun. I rented it from Gameplay, I played it, and it felt... Well, like it's not a, the best game ever, but it's fun. Yeah, it's, it is. It is, but... Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like a big, you know... Uber console meaty game. I don't know. Who do you think I? I don't need that. that. <laughs> you know, I. I That's it, fair. It, it it has been over. I don't even think it wasn't nominated for anything. Right? It was nominated for best uh, music game. I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, good on them. <laughs> I'm st- I'm just thrilled that that Rocksteady Studios got one Studio of the Absolutely. Year. Not like Studio of the Year is like has this rich tradition or anything. But right. I'm just glad that those guys got nominated because I had never really heard of them before they did. Yeah, I think that was kind of. I think they got what that award should be is yeah. developers that actually you know is kind of rise to the occasion. Yeah. Because you know we didn't hear about them and now we know who they are. Yeah. And whereas I mean most of the other developers were known quantities. And well, and also in the same way that Game of the Year kind of only recognized in its nominations games that were made to be Game of the Year. Right. In the same way that the Oscars have, like, kind of the Oscar contenders, and that's what they're made to do. I feel like mm-hmm. Studio is is the place where they recognize somebody who did something really great. I don't... I I guess Arkham Asylum was probably nominated for Game of the Year, but that was pretty much a long I shot, so, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I'm glad that they got some love, because they did something really amazing. Yeah. But, it's no Uncharted 2, though. <laughs> As you know, Drew. So can we so go... now that we know Grant's opinion, shouldn't we hear what Drew and Leaf think are the game... Leaf. Leaf. <laughs> Not Leaf. Leaf? Leaf. Life? <laughs> Life was a character in Time Killers. You remember that game? <laughs> oh, man. Rancid. Let's and... talk about Diablo 1 for 20 minutes. 
I heard Joe and I have already we've been over this. Okay, let's talk about torchlight. Let's talk about torchlight. Yes, <laughs> let's talk about torchlight and only torchlight. <laughs> no, I, that's actually Sorry, what I meant. He at least gets yeah. credit for making me laugh more honestly than any other comment on this podcast so far. Well, I uh, I haven't played enough of torchlight to really be able to comment on it. I played it enough to know that it seemed really great, and I didn't want to go down the road of playing it. I played some a lot. We could talk it's about great, it. but I think what we really need. <laughs> You're going to make Luke and Jason very upset. <laughs> Is that who was on that? Yeah, that was. His. Oh, that was a long time ago. That was like a month ago. <laughs> Do we actually want to talk about? That? I mean, Torchlight's great. I don't well, know if there's a lot of things. Torchlight, long discussion. Torchlight would absolutely be in my top five for the year because you only played three games. We all have acknowledged <laughs> that I'm a weirdo who's gonna who's gonna say strange things. So I, I think it's more productive to talk about people who play 58 games a year, was it? <laughs> How many of those can you name? Because you have your netbook. I have an entire list. list of all of them. So why don't you, I don't know if it's productive to read down. No, but it is really not. No, I don't think it's productive at all. But I'd like I to see have... it because I need to see what's on there that I have played and forgot about. All right. You know, Arkham Asylum? Yeah. yeah. So, so Grant, while they're, while they're looking at that, this is your opportunity to care about a game other than Uncharted and have a 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. I've d- I did that two episodes ago. <laughs> I said Arkham Asylum, Resident Evil 5, um, and Uncharted 2 were my top three of the year, I think. So I? Uncharted 2 is the third? <laughs> Uncharted 2 alphabetically is the third, however. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... So, so really there aren't two other games you can even think of that you care about this year? Oh, sure. For top five, I would probably put Street Fighter... I mean, the two that immediately leap to mind are Street Fighter 4 and Assassin's Creed 2, but... All right. Um, my... The game I played this year that I enjoyed the most, I, Uncharted is still number one, but Persona 4 is number two, but that didn't come out this year, so it doesn't count. <laughs> um, but, okay. yeah, I mean, uh, there. If, if Pixel Junk Shooter had come out earlier, maybe I would have more love for it, but I haven't played it enough to know. That's actually my problem, too, is there's some games that I would I would like to... I don't feel like it. I have played enough to comment upon mm-hmm. for this, like Pixel Junk Shooter... I would like to play Modern Warfare 2. I'd like to play more of Dragon Age Origins. Oh, Dragon Age, you say? Are we going to talk about Dragon Age now? Well, we'll get into that when we get to me, I guess, if nobody <laughs> else brings it up. Well, I, I mean, but, like, I, I think Torchlight's a fantastic game. It would be in my top-ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what number, because I, I don't... It's really hard for me to rate games like that. Yeah. Well, like, I, I think we can all agree that Torchlight is kind of, like, the best Diablo since Diablo, but how... How would you put? How would you rate that compared to other games that well, have come that was, out this year? I mean, you say that, and I think that's a perfect description of what the game is. But I don't think that it ascribes enough importance to how much that means. I mean, a lot of people really, really loved Diablo two, and that was nine years ago. So the idea that somebody else finally bothered to put out a game that touched the same nerves, especially while we're all in the grips of Diablo three fever when they, whenever they put out a video. Um, I think that that, that made that game better than it necessarily is in a vacuum. But the question is that like, if, if Torchlight did a bunch of new things and 
I'm trying to think of what new things it did and besides the it pets. It a couple new things. Not really very many. Like, what it yeah. seems like it does is fixed a lot of the things that were kind of annoying about the Diablo series and mm-hmm. does a few new things well. It's like, if, is that enough? To well, that's great. If somebody that's what I'm did sorry, that say good. XCOM right now, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> I would be, I'd be on board for, for months. You know, I yeah. mean, I wish people more often went back and found incredibly successful formulas and then bother to refine them a little bit and release them with good graphics and good soundtracks and, you know, a few things that made them refreshing and compelling. Uh, I think that that would be better than, Jesus, 80, 90% of the games that actually do get released. Right, and that's kind of what Street Fighter Four this year did, too. And, I mean, that's that's there's something to be said for games doing that and being totally awesome. But mm. Drew just said... You know, that's what I just described is what Uncharted 2 did as well. And I think that that's, if it's a, if it's a game that's a sequel of another game, I don't think that, that you can really compare that to something well, like Torchlight. Okay, well, that's what that Uncharted, Uncharted did to Tomb Raider then. No, there was yeah, a lot yeah, more. You, I, I agree with Drew. You're wrong. <laughs> You've never played Uncharted. I mean, You're not allowed so to agree with What that. Uncharted saying, did is they added an ammo cap to the pistol. It, it totally doesn't matter if it's a sequel to an original game, or if it's a refinement, or if you have to be all, you know, if you have to split hairs by saying, oh, it's the evolution of a game that came out ten years ago, whatever. They're still doing that. They're taking a successful formula, and they're refining it, and reminding everyone of why that formula was so much fun in the first place, and also adding enough new stuff to make you care about it all over again. But I'm not saying that it, it's... I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve uh, all the accolades that it's getting, because I think it's great. I'm just saying, can you really say that that is... If, if you wanted to make an argument for Torchlight as Game of the Year, for instance, I don't think anybody is doing that, but it's like, if you hadn't played Diablo before... Would Torchlight be nearly as compelling as it is? And I don't know the answer to that because I imagine there's almost nobody who has played yeah. Torchlight without having played Diablo. Whereas games like that are coming out that are direct sequels or that are original things like like Arkham Asylum, I think there you can make a much stronger case for games like that for being game of the year. But I don't think that that's necessarily fair. You know, it's like yeah, we've... I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the point you're trying to make is. I mean, it sounds like you're saying. These games are not as good because only gamers like them. No, I'm saying that, that I'm not saying that, that Torchlight is any less of a game than than other things on this list. It just seems like it's it's standing on the shoulders of of something very significant in the past. Whereas I don't think necessarily that a lot of the other games we're talking about have done the same thing. Well, I think. I, oh, go ahead. Go, okay. Um, I think one thing to to keep in mind, I guess, is we're talking about the current climate of video game releases. Um, one thing that is, you know, it seems to be common with everyone's sort of game of the year nominees or what they think is, you know, game of the year is that they really, you know, it's kind of the concept of, you know, firing on all cylinders. You know, it's, yeah. it, it has, you know, story, it has, you know, all these different aspects that we now associate with video games that weren't as commonplace, you know, when we had, we had simpler games that were maybe retreading on. So for a game to, you know, a game like Diablo to get revisited upon, it's a, you know, that's a game that was released in a different climate. Yeah. Um, that's true. And so we have, 
more of expectations for what this sort of blockbuster game of the year experience should be. So yeah. a game like Torchlight that is more about the dungeon exploration and getting you know awesome loot, um, and not so much about the story or you know cutscenes or whatever. You know uh, that game you know is not going to be as considered. I no, that's that's a very good point. But I, I think that there's it's important to remember that Torchlight is not Diablo only done better. It's Diablo done a little bit better with no multiplayer. Yeah. And, really kind of bad writing and voice acting. I mean, it does <laughs> it does some things much better, and it seems like a lot more... I had a lot more fun playing it as briefly as I played it yeah. than I did the last time I played Diablo. Hmm. But I, I don't think that we need to remember that there are some things that it does not do. Uh, and and this is all abstract, too, because I'm not saying, like, oh, I, I'll put it number two instead of number four because it did this. I'm just, you know, trying to figure out and when we talk about the best games of this <laughs> year, which ones are we talking about? I don't I don't buy that innovation makes it a game of, that you have to have innovation to be no. game of the year. That, I agree. Uncharted 2 doesn't have hardly right. any innovation. So, I, mean, I agree. Yeah. It's just one of those. So, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It's also $20. <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I agree. And I'm glad that an independent developer, and I'm putting that in air quotes because they've got so many Diablo guys there, mm. is, is capable of doing something like that and getting noticed as much as it has. That's great. Right. right. I mean, for me, like, I have gotten more dollar for dollar. I've gotten more playtime out of that game mm. than I have out of Uncharted, just because I played it as much. Sure, and Uncharted is, you know, a seven-hour game. Right. Took me a lot longer than that. <laughs> Nine. Yeah. Me. But it, I don't know. It's one of those things that it's definitely not my game of the year, but mm. but it's not I'm because it's notable. It yes, it's definitely notable. But, It'll go on our notables list. <laughs> I mean, if if we do like the best downloadable game category, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would have that be mine over Shadow Complex, though. Okay. Interesting. I love Shadow yeah, Complex, and, and, too. and they're pretty similar. Yeah, they're too. both twenty dollars. They're both retreads of an old genre. Yeah, they're... Yep, you're right. <laughs> you're right. One just happens to have Nolan North. Yeah, and that is your boy. He's not. <laughs> I like him. He's fucking great. He's a great voice actor, but I, it, uh, he's not really my boy. He's a great voice actor when he's Nathan Drake, and suddenly when every other character is Nathan, Nathan Drake, Drake. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, like the, the, who's the prince? The prince sounds the, the same. It's just, Shadow it, it's Complex guy. Now. Because it he's is such an he's Desmond. I didn't even know he was Desmond until right. Well, that's why people hire him at this point. That's, <laughs> you know, he does that right. character really well. Yeah, no, he's I a mean, good character. Of I watched Bruce Willis's movie because Bruce Willis in it. Yeah, yeah. This game starring Nolan North. I don't know if that's going to be on the box though. I kind of doubt it. I th- it might work better than starring Tim Schafer. So <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. I I wonder. I love Tim Schafer games. I I I wonder how many. More chances he's going to get. I think he's. I think that game did well enough for them to get another one. Yeah, and I think another he deserves what? another whatever, another like another <laughs> something as long as a development process is brutal legends for that company. I have no idea. I, I don't mean, know. I what think their he's going to get another is. game. I think he deserves another game. I liked Brutal Legend quite a bit. I, I think it was completely underappreciated as well. But mm-hmm. I think some of that's them shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of ways about it too. Well, what else? I guess I wonder what else. Double Fine and Tim Schafer can do now that they've done Psychonauts and Brutal Legend, and neither both of those have kind of been appreciated a little bit, but also kind of struck out commercially. Like, I wonder what where else they could go. I think they should make a uh, downloadable adventure game. 
Yeah. Like a Telltale style? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I want that. I would never. If they did that, I would never play it. But maybe oh, you're right. Really you know. <laughs> I mean, I use. I, I. I'm a big old school King's Quest, Space Quest, Leisure Suit Larry guy mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, I have not played hardly any of Telltale stuff, and I don't really know why. By all accounts, they're great. They're funny. They're they're contained. They're they're awesome. But yeah, I just, I, I will just step in for a brief moment, not to make a conversation out of it, but just enough to say <laughs> that. My wife is uh, so enamored of the the whole concept that anybody is bothering to care about what she wants and make adventure games again that yeah. she would jump off a cliff for Telltale at this point. Well, I mean, I'm glad that, that somebody is doing what they're doing, but I don't really... I don't know why I don't have any interest in those games. Maybe because the the... I'm not I'm not intelligent enough to be able to figure out the puzzles that they want me to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't play them either. I just think there is a real demographic of people who deeply care about that genre out there, and I'm glad that somebody is bothering to make some nominal profit off of that small demographic. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm, I just no, go ahead. I'm really glad, you know, that uh, the guys that made Machinarium exist because yeah. that is a game that it's definitely not getting any love, but it's excellent. Well, that's the thing. That's an example of a game where it's like, I like what Telltale is doing, but I want to see somebody make a new Monkey Island or a new, not a new Monkey Island, like another <laughs> Monkey Island, but like yeah, start a new IP. A new IP. Okay. It's like they've, the Telltale has been writing yeah. other people's successes for a while now, and they've, they're doing really well at it, and God bless them. But I want to see... Mm. Something like The Longest Journey, which I've never played more than the 15 oh. minutes of, well, take that's off. that's what I was about to say. Oh, I mean, The Longest Journey actually does exist. It's out right. there, and you didn't play it, so fuck off. I mean, <laughs> but it doesn't exhaust, it doesn't exist this year, though. And I think that's what his point is. nostalgic stuff. And it, unfortunately... It's no. properties and made them popular again. So, I mean, the industry went through this period where they tried to make The Longest Journey work, and they didn't make any money. That's not true. Nobody. The only people that, have, that we need the, the longest journey again. That, that's not true though, because the only people who have really done that are games like The Longest Journey and its progeny on the PC and Indigo Prophecy for consoles. Mm-hmm. And nobody's really kind of springboarded off that and oh, tried to do something I didn't with think, it. I don't think Indigo Prophecy is an adventure game. It's it's a quick time events game, and, and it's an not even the same genre. Well, they, they're the same genus then. I mean, they're, those are, uh, I don't know what else you would call Indigo Prophecy if not like a quick time event game, sure. I mean, yes, that, well, it's, it's quick time events instead of, at that point, Thief, the Dark Project, and Quake are the same game. (laughs) No, one's, one's a first person shooter and one's a first person sneaker. I mean, we can debate the the terminology (laughs) of these things, but I, I, I think that Indigo Prophecy and The Longest Journey share a lot of blood. I don't think that, is, that you can really dispute that, right? No, I, I don't mean, agree with that at all. Uh, it's just not the formula. I mean, Indigo Prophecy does not follow the formula of wander around, explore your environment, pick up objects, use them to solve puzzles. It's not a traditional graphic adventure game. Sure, but it's still an adventure game. Okay, well, there are lots of games you could call action games. I'm you just kind of messing around. An FPS and, you know... <laughs> Uh, Assassin's Creed 2 to be the same genre. Yeah, it's true. 
I, I mean, I don't, I, debating semantics is not really something that I think is very productive, but I, I would like my point. Except that you started the debate. I did. Um, <laughs> my point is that ultimately I would like to see somebody make a new adventure game IP, and I've tried to do The Longest Journey. I've just never, there have always been things out at the time when I've tried to play it that have and really taken And I guess that's over. why I don't understand why you're not acknowledging that point. You're saying, I really wish people would make new IPs. And then you're saying, when people make new IPs, I don't find them interesting and I don't play. Yeah, but The Longest Journey came out in fucking 1964. It's been a while <laughs> since it came out. I'm saying, let's not abandon it completely just because Grant didn't play it back in 2006. Okay. Well, like, The Path came out last year, but you didn't play that either. I have played it. I've got it on my hard drive, and I've played the prologue, and I've played through the first part of one of the stories, so fuck off. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go use the restroom since I'm the host. I feel like I have to announce that you guys can talk without me. No, no, no! I'm going to take this opportunity to to go to the restroom and see. <laughs> All right. But Farmville came out this week. We can talk about that for like four Farmville? hours. What did Farmville? Oh, f- I will not talk to Farmville. Why? Crazy cold. You just click on shit. All that. There's no. <laughs> That's what you do on Monkey Island. Yeah, it's like Diablo. <laughs> Can we talk about Diablo ver- as it relates to Farmville? Let's talk about Diablo versus Diablo One versus Farmville. <laughs> well, I think um, they should. I think they should actually do a crossover. Farmville. There Diablo. was a farm in Diablo, I think. Like with cows in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just insert Farmville gameplay into the town. So we are going to talk about Dragon Age <laughs> at some point. Uh, Leif wanted to... Well, maybe we should... Because Joe theoretically has to leave in 20 minutes. I'll be a little flexible, but yeah, I can't stand. Well, let's talk about Dragon Age... Let's talk about Dragon <laughs> so Age first while you're here. What about it? Why are we talking about it? Because I think it deserves consideration for Game of the Year as well. But it wasn't even on your list of your top five. Certainly on mine. So, so you don't it's actually think that. But it is. No, I think that objectively <laughs> it could be. It's not on mine. It's on Drew's and it's right. on Leif's. Somebody somewhere might think that it is yeah. top five. So Yes, Dr. Ray Musica. Grant is standing up for that imaginary. I am. Person. I'm a man of the people, as you know. <laughs> and I think really, that... I think it's weird that you want to talk about it even though you don't actually consider it to be in that category. I consider it the... I think it's the best RPG of the year. I don't think there's really much debate for that. Not much competition. But, yeah, exactly. There's not much competition, so... Much of Japanese. Yeah, it would be my... I, I would, <laughs> no, I would put it third. So it's in out. my top oh, five. right. Okay, but you've... How many games have you played? Three? Yeah, I, I played three, but I played them twice, so I have a top six. <laughs> oh, okay, play through number two of <laughs> Street Fighter Four. Fill out a top five of games that, that, that were released this year. That's kind of surprising. Well, if, if we're going to talk about RPG of the year, Madden is my RPG of the year. Because <laughs> you could play one guy. And you level him up and shit. But I think yeah, Joe would argue... I would argue with yeah. you about it, because 68 <laughs> 10 is my second best game of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I was also kidding. I don't think he is. Uh, well, maybe about <laughs> RPG. I'm crazy, and you're just drunk. Drew's only had like two Kirins. I've <laughs> I've had three quarters of a bottle of this horrible, horrible concoction. Um, so yeah, Dragon Age. We're talking about it anyway. So fuck off, Joe. Um, okay. 
I, I think Joe has probably played it the least. I think Drew has probably played it then the second least. I've, I've finished two of the four available, like, go do this before you can continue the main story things. I've played for and about 100 hours. Yes. <laughs> What's that, Joe? I think I'm probably right up with you. Yeah, I am too at that point. Okay, so we're all about the same, but Leif has played it, he, he just said, for about 100 hours. He's finished it once. Oh, well, he's hugely ahead of me. Yes, he's played. He's finished it once. And let's it. let's bring this back to the first time that Drew and I were on this podcast, uh-huh. and I was questioning the uh, validity of of Dragon Age as a game to look forward to, um, <laughs> because I was kind of meh about it, and yeah. you guys were really hyped. Yeah. And how'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> I think it kind of panned out the opposite way yeah. because yeah. I got surprised by it. And it was the first, like, Western RPG of its ilk, like, that's not a first-person Oblivion-ish mm-hmm. type game that mm-hmm. I had actually gotten into. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, I will say that they are not of the same ilk at all. What because and what? First-person, like, Daggerfall style. Oh, no, no. And, I, I'm, not, no. I'm not saying um, oh, yeah, that they're of the same it, ilk. It very readily compares itself to, say, KOTOR. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm yes. talking yeah. about I'm talking about um, Western RPG of its ilk, as in Baldur's Gate. You know those yeah. types of Neverwinter Nights, right? Like I, I had not played a Bioware RPG in that style. Um, you know, up until this game. Did you play Mass Effect? Um, I play Mass Effect. Well, that, um, I mean, that's really this it's though. it's pretty different. Kotor is in much. what way? Just because it's fantasy I'm sci-fi. Actually, well, I'm, I went similar. back to Mass Effect after I finished my first playthrough of Dragon Age, and I'm actually playing it differently now that I know how a Bioware RPG plays. Okay. Um, like in its rawest sense, I'm actually you know caring more about my NPC guys that usually okay. go run up you know in front of people and die. That's true. Because um, I you know I never really cared much about taking care of other AIs rather than my own or I'm not my own but you know well (laughs) let's let's pick this apart though so why why do you think that you have embraced it more than you've embraced other Western RPG contenders um well first off I actually play PC games now and I didn't when those games came out Okay, um, do you think, in retrospect, that you would have played Baldur's Gate and Planescape? And... Oh, absolutely. If I knew what they're all about, I would have played them when they came out. Okay. Um, but I think it was just my ignorance about them, and the fact that I was so heavily entrenched in the staples of JRPGs right. at the time that I didn't really, you know, pay it much mind. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, knowing that, it would be difficult to go back and play those games yeah. just because of... I'm not sure how well they've aged. I tried playing like Fallout One and Two after you know I I got you know engaged by Fallout Three, but yeah. that didn't work out so well. Well, those are um, very different games from Fallout Three, but true, uh, I true. think that technically the games don't hold up very well at this point mm. because a lot of them are kind of locked to 640 by 40 resolution, and right. there's a lot of mechanics that have changed for the better since then. But sure, yeah. Um, um, I think Baldur's Gate 2 still holds up surprisingly well. Okay. Well, I'll consider going back and playing that one at least. Um, so you never... When did your PC gaming start then? Um, well, my PC... I, I had a PC and I've been playing you know, various FPSs on it since, um, I want to say, uh, Half-Life. Okay. The original Half-Life. So you've had the opportunity... So you've I've played had the a- opportunity to play those games, but I didn't uh, because I... 
you know, it was just a, it was a different sort of niche in the yeah. the gaming scene that I just didn't really become involved in. So you played, did you play Oblivion and Daggerfall and Morrowind and all that? I those? played Morrowind and I played Oblivion. Okay. I didn't beat them, but... So why, what is it about the Dragon Age that, that is so awesome compared to those two? I mean, I know what my answer to that yeah. would be, but what is... Um, well, first off, um, the act of playing the game, I think it... I think, honestly, if you want to get my answer, uh, my love of Final Fantasy XII helped me enjoy this game. Okay. And I think that's it at its base nature. Specifically um, the gambits? Yeah. Okay. Um, just kind of the, the concept of uh, here's one character you're controlling at this point in time. You have you know a list of you know things that you can do, whether they're hot bars or you know in, items in a menu. Um, and then you have AIs <laughs> that you can take over at any point and direct and then right. set up you know uh, patterns you know for them to follow. Um, I think that sort of at its base, uh, or at its, you know, at its core is sort of what got me to get into the gameplay of it. Um, and then that combined with just, you know, a really, you know, neat world and, you know, characters to get involved with sort of is what drew me into it and kept me playing for, you know, 80 hours on the first game, on the first playthrough. Okay. So let's talk about the world briefly. Yeah. I had heard before the game came out that they were going after this kind of dark fantasy world mm-hmm. and that it was going to be bleak, but as I've been playing it, I was not prepared for just how generally bleak and hopeless the entire <laughs> world was going to be. Yeah. I, I, this, is, this is one of my biggest disagreements with Grant about this game, because I feel like before I caught up to him, before I put hours into the game, he told me this same comment that he felt that the game was incredibly bleak. I really don't see it. I feel like it's, yes, it is dark fantasy. Yes, it has some cliches in it. Uh, But I I really don't feel like it's particularly bleak compared to any any other game that's been released in the past 10 years. Okay. Well, it's certainly bloodier. Well, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> obviously their that is their Madden group tackling mechanic of the year is <laughs> the blood spattering. That there is a bunch of blood, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't yet met anybody who cares about that. Well, I mean, I didn't really care so much about the blood spattering, although no. that is kind of a common thing. I meant more like there's Just the general hopelessness of the world outside. Yeah, like nobody has any hope. There. Are, entire towns that get destroyed while you're not looking and mm. it's it's just gener- there's even when you solve problems the pro- you just generally made it better sort of and <laughs> at I least just, I just didn't be... think that was any different than KOTOR or any different from Fallout or any different from any number of PC RPGs that I've played. Well Fallout is specifically designed to be like depressing oh, and kind of yeah. you know Well but you just said well, they told me the game was dark fantasy, but I didn't think it would be like Fallout. I mean, I, I don't see why this is exceptionally bleak. Well, because at least in uh, in a game like Fallout, you had little rays of light with the people you were saving, and you were like, yeah, I, I saved them, and, you know, goddammit, they're going to have a good life now, you know, compared to where they were before. Whereas with Dragon Age, it's like, I saved <laughs> these people, or I saved this town, 
and that's great, but they're still going to get annihilated by the blight in two weeks. Or oh no, I, I honestly well, didn't feel that. I felt like it still existed. I mean, like as an example, when you when you bring over the elves, you know, you've cured this ancient curse. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Well, I haven't even got. I haven't even gotten there yet. It's an ancient so. curse of another, like, Never mind. Too late. <laughs> like, there's even a moment where you can say, oh, these two people are being catty and they're not, like, in love enough, so I'm going to, like, use these conversation options to make them get married. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, maybe you were unlucky or something, but I really don't <laughs> feel like the conversation options and the, the dialogue trees and the plot guides you in an any more depressing way than any other PC RPG I've ever played. Well, as I tried to say repeatedly while you were while you were railroading my objections, I haven't gotten to that point yet, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's, you know, the, the, the bright ray of sunshine that helps make Dragon Age the sunniest game of the year. But no, all I can but tell... I, I still think your, your expressions... I still think your opinions about the entirety of the game based on having played for 10 or 15 hours are valid. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, I mean, you are saying I think the game is exceptionally bleak, but I'm just not hearing that from a lot of other people. And you yourself are saying I didn't really play it for that long. Well, I'm still playing it. I mean, I'm not done with it yet. I'm just about... I've, I've, I feel like I'm probably about... Leif, you'll be able to tell me if this is accurate or not. Sure. I feel like I'm about a third of the way through the game, maybe. Maybe half. How much have you done? I've done two of the... I've, I've done Redcliffe, and I've done the Mage's Tower. Those are done. All of Redcliffe? Or yes. just the... All of Redcliffe. Like, the castle part. All of Redcliffe. Okay, I okay. will say that Redcliffe is one of the most railroady, like, dark <laughs> parts of the game. That's, okay. Yeah, Redcliffe is pretty dark. Um, the it's, that's the thing is like each. I think what's neat about it is that each sort of main hub area, I guess, that you go to save, so to speak, um, has its own sort of fantasy tropes about it that you know are different from the others. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got you know Redcliffe, which is very much a desperation, like we're going to be obliterated type of thing. Um, no, you've the. I won't spoil anything for the dwarf fair, but it's very political and it's very, um, uh, you know, it's, it's more of you know the uh, tactics. You know, like you know, here's two powers right. um, that are trying to, you know, sway one way or the other, and it's it's a little more open ended that way. It's not you know good or evil. Okay. Um, you know, you've got the mage tower, which is you know it's its own thing, and you know. And you you know because it's it sort of opens up into a game into a, unto itself, yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. I agree. Um, and you know the the elf area is extremely uh, bipolar, depending on you know which uh, you know w- what you do there. There's some like the action because each area has a choice, you know, kind of a you know whose side you go with. Yeah. Um, the elf definitely the elf one definitely has these biggest. Uh, you know, or the most most drastic choice um, of them. So I think each one has its own sort of cool little thing that it does. And then when right. you get to eventually, you know, Denerim, you know, the big city, then that in and of itself is another thing entirely. Okay. So um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pan the whole thing as being you know just this big desperate uh, you know struggle for you know existence. Um, each you know place has its sort of 
its own thing that they're dealing with. Uh, the dwarves certainly are not very concerned about being overrun because they live underground. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's definitely diff definitely keep playing. And, and well, my, I'd be interested in seeing how your opinions change. My problem with the game is not that it's too bleak. I mean, I'll, uh -huh. I'll I, I, I watched five seasons of The Wire. I know, <laughs> okay. I, I know bleak, but um, I, I have a feeling it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, my pro I mean, my problems are more with the game's mechanics. It's just, it's really. I know other people have played it and have not met, had much trouble with the difficulty. I, I'm constantly having trouble with difficulty. I feel like that's a function of the character that I chose. Right. See, that's that's the thing is I think the game is very dependent on, you know, it's it's an RPG that it's possible to kind of screw up, which is unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's 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 like any game. You have so many choices, and you know, if if you you can't undo those choices when you're making characters, well, and you're also developing your entire you know selection of choices for characters. So um, I don't know. Maybe you know, I just had a better. Uh, <laughs> maybe I just had a better um, like loadout for my party or something. But it definitely you can definitely tweak the game to. A degree that you you know have uh, less hard time with it. I guess. Well, this goes back to something that we talked about all the way back in episode zero of this podcast of the okay. idea of the console versus PC RPG, and mm. I don't know why I was PC, expecting. Right? Yeah, on okay. PC. I don't know why I was expecting something different, but I've I've been kind of disappointed with the same thing that they've done from Neverwinter Nights through Knights of the Old Republic and everything mm. else, which is. You do this first area, and then it opens up, and here are four different things you can do. And uh -huh. you go to any one of those four things in any order, and you can do it. And uh -huh. it's just it's the yeah. amount of choice that they give you. They're kind of, to me at least, because I know you love it, and I know you're really digging it. It's it's they're kind of hanging themselves with me. But because... I agree with you. I mean, it, it is exactly the same thing they did in Kotor and Kotor Two, and all those games. And yeah. I guess. I guess that the reason they continue to do that is because they get a lot of feedback saying that people enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I assume they do. Well, yeah, I mean, you can definitely make you can definitely you know make some pretty base comparisons. Um, you know, for a lot of I mean, the games I'm familiar with, at least you know, post uh, Kotor, you know, there it's a lot of them are games where a world is in peril or a galaxy, you know, for Kotor's sake, and you happen to join an elite. You know, a rank of you know certain peoples, whether they're Jedi, Grey or Wardens, Grey Wardens, or Spectres, or Spectres. Or, yeah. and then you know you go and see what's up, you yeah. know, in the place that needs saving, and right the wrongs, and find something that ultimately resolves the conflict. I shouldn't have expected any more because they. I mean, this is a fantasy game from Bioware. It's not like they were going to mm -hmm. to break a whole bunch of new ground. But to be fair. In each one of these four places that you go, mm -hmm. there has been there have been new concepts, and they really mix mm -hmm. it up a lot. And I really do yeah. appreciate that. Um, I just yeah, and I, I think they run into some of the typical pitfalls that you do run into when you try to make things too nonlinear. But but I think they do a very good job of mitigating those problems. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say I've, for some, I, maybe I've. Like, I will relate to you the, the number one problem I have had while playing Dragon Age, and that was that I got, while I was playing the intro stuff and, you know, looking at the intro video and everything, I got the impression that dragons were a big deal, right? And 
there is a point during one of those, you know, like you said, you can go to any one of these four places. There's a point where you get to fight a dragon. And that happened to be the first place I chose to go. And that dragon, <laughs> literally, you walk into a room, and it's filled with traps. And so you're walking around, and you get hit by, like, fire and lightning and explosions oh. and all this bullshit from a hundred different areas. And then a dragon just swoops down from the ceiling and kills all of you. Well, and I really expected that when I saw a dragon for the first time, there would be a huge narrative wrapped around that event. That that there would be cinematics and there would be people talking about, holy shit, it's a dragon. Let's talk about the history of dragons. Let's talk about what they are and all this crap. And that was the only time in the game where my whole party has just been killed and I had to reload and do the encounter again. And I actually cheesed it. You know, I drew, I shot the dragon with an arrow and then pulled him into a corridor and beat the crap out of it. And it, it, it felt really anticlimactic. Can I in- interject? Um, well, I'm done, so go for it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, well, first off, that's a... Um, I'm, this is nerdy of me. Oh, okay, that's... Uh, on a podcast about video Shut nerds. up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I, I have uh, basically read through all of the lore things in <laughs> the game, <laughs> so I can interject about the game's world. Um, that that specific fight is a male dragon, and they're puny little, you know, wankers technically in the game, and no one really cares about them. But you only know that because you read the lore. The game lore. is called Dragon Age. <laughs> yeah, and there are the reason. The cinematics that fill the of the game where dragons show up in my fucking dreams and breathe fire and talk to my, my soulful and shit. The first time I see a dragon should be a big goddamn deal. It shouldn't just be a. It shouldn't just be a super goblin that kills my party. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I, I guess the other thing to point out is that, you know, obviously, you know, from a marketing standpoint, dragons sell. But the reason why the game is, you know, called Dragon Age is because that's the age that the game takes place in. The reason they got named for that is because dragons were thought to be extinct, and then they saw a dragon, you know, finally emerging again. They're like, "Oh shit!" You know, let's call this next age the Dragon Age. Well, that I, I encountered—I <laughs> haven't met a real. Well, I've seen a real dragon because I went to one of the areas, but I haven't mm-hmm. fought a dragon yet. And I've seen little miniature dragons, and nobody—I mean, to an extent, Joe is right. Nobody seems to care. It's and... like dragons seem to be super mythical beasts, and if I have to go dive, <laughs> if I have to press J to learn about them, yeah. then I feel like the game is kind of doing itself yeah, a disservice. I mean, okay, well, this is, this is an area where where I encountered this first dragon. This area is a place where you are fighting a bunch of monsters that growl. Okay, and you know, just to avoid spoilers, that's what I'll say. And you go down <laughs> a staircase, and like Alistair turns to you and goes, "Oh, jeez." I just heard something growl. It seems like something bad is up ahead. And that's it. That is the only acknowledgement that you ever get that you're about to fight a dragon, mm. or that dragons are awesome, or anything. And okay. you walk into that room, and a bunch of traps go off. And by the way, traps, Fuck traps. that are yeah. not monsters, <laughs> totally make monsters seem like they are stupid. Because mm. if a monster swoops down for the very first time and kills you while a bunch of traps go off, you don't think, oh, 
glass monster. You think that was bullshit? A bunch of traps went off, right? <laughs> so, so I mean, the dragon in every possible way is punked out and is not important to the story. It seems like just some a, a set of statistics that were thrown onto the screen to kill your party. Okay. Did you get to the end of that area that you uh, fought the I dragon? Did. Okay. Did. Then you know that, that you know. Towards and the I know end, that, of... that dragon has absolutely fucking nothing to yeah. do with the story. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Um, that it's just randomly placed there. Yeah, There's, it could have been a, a big <laughs> dog, right? And people would have been like, "Shit, that's a tough dog." Right? <laughs> but it's not called Dog Age. <laughs> that is the number one thing that has made me feel like, "Why am I playing this game?" That is well, let's talk about Dog Age, because Bioware just announced Dog Age as the first DLC for the game. And, um, um, okay, so, but other than the the relative unimportance of dragons being disappointing, Joe, how do you feel that the game compared? Because you have played well, I, I all honestly, these old games. I think that here's where I get to show my biases in a positive way. I loved KOTOR, and I loved KOTOR 2. And these games remind me of that game. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate. I don't really feel it when I play the game. Um, I feel like it's much more like KOTOR. You know, every time two of my companions start arguing with each other while I'm just randomly walking through a town, I remember when that happened in KOTOR and KOTOR 2. Um, you know... The same mistakes that were made in those games, I feel like it made here, and you know, it's sort of a warm, familiar sort of environment. And uh, I am glad to have a Kotor three to play. It's not a warm and familiar environment to me at all. I constantly feel like I'm fighting the combat system, and I'm fighting the interface, and I'm fighting the inventory limits and things like that. It, it doesn't feel. Like, I have warm and fuzzy memories about Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and Neverwinter Nights to a lesser degree and Icewind Dale and all this shit. And Dragon Age tickles none of that for me. It really does, like you said, Joe, it really does feel like an extension of the Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect design. I mean, I guess it's Baldur's Gate in that you can pause it all over the place. Um, Positioning matters a little more than it does in KOTOR. Like in KOTOR, Mm -hmm. you can just use an ability and it doesn't really matter where you're standing or whatever. And positioning was a lot more important in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Like if you cast a fireball, your own people could be caught in it and stuff like that. Um, And the same is true here. If you cast Cone of Cold, which is broken good, by the way, (laughs) um, then your own guys can get caught in it and that's, you know, that sucks for you. And so that is the only part of it that feels like Baldur's Gate to me. Uh, the game generally feels like KOTOR set in the fantasy universe. Uh, and I really do feel like a lot of your difficulty problems have come from you maybe trying to be a special snowflake and do a very uh, underpowered main character. All I've tried to do is make a rogue who can backstab dudes. And yeah. the game seems to... Well, I did the same thing, but then, like, That's 20 the hours into the game, you're telling me, I've never seen a mage with an AoE spell, and I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You can give Morgan an AoE spell, like, five hours into the game. Sure, and which AoE spell is that? Code of Cold. 
And exactly, I didn't pick it because I don't like the idea of burning my own guys with friendly fire. All right, so you're essentially saying to me, I chose a suboptimal option, and <laughs> I didn't like the idea of being powerful, and I'm pissed off that the game is hard. Well, I think you're yes. also saying, you know, he has to play this game the specific way, because if he can't, then he can't get through Old War to get the T9 armor so yes, that he can go through Ice Crown Citadel. <laughs> I mean, if you play It's Batman, not games at all. No, it's... But it's Hang on. Then you're going to get the shit. You can't hear us. <laughs> Motherfucker. But, no, you, but that's not games at all. They're, this is specifically <clears throat> Bioware trying to be like, look at how many options you have. Look at how many things there are in the skill tree. Well, I chose something specific in the skill tree. Therefore, the game is incredibly fucking hard for me. That's right, not so my fault. you saying, I don't want there to be any consequence to choosing any particular tree, you're saying I want to be able to choose anything and have all trees be equally you know, to, to provide essentially the same experience. I don't think that's out of line at all. I, if I choose something in the skill tree, I want that point that got spent to mean something and to make my guys as powerful in a different way as somebody else who picked something different. That's 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 completely reasonable and that's that's how games are made well. Well, I'm just saying, if you did that with, like, remember when you played Star Control 2? If you didn't move around to the right places at the exact same times, then races, alien races would die. And you went out of your way to make sure that you did it in an optimal way. And games are still built in a way that would reward you for playing them optimally. And now suddenly you seem to object to that. Well, the the time limit in Star Control 2 is bullshit, as we both know, because they don't explain it to you at the beginning, and you kind of have to fail before you find out that it's a problem. And right, in so Dragon Age... <laughs> no, it, because the mechanics are able to overcome that if you go back and do it the right way, but they don't present you at the beginning with a bunch of different options that you can do in order to you make this experience your you own. overcome it if you go back and do it the right way. I bet if you go back and quote play Dragon Age the right way, you won't be frustrated in this regard. And what's the right way? How am I supposed to figure that out? Through a fact? Out of cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I'm telling you, I mean, games have been this way for a long time, and we've actually liked in a lot of circumstances. Like, when you played WoW, it was fun to figure out, you know, optimal ways of building your character so that what you did was effective. And in order for things to be effective, there have to be options which aren't as effective. If I could respec at any time in Dragon Age, I would agree with you. But I'm fucked now because I built the guys <laughs> the way that I have, and so I either yeah, have to change it to I'll easy. I'll just go back to Diablo 2 and say it's a great game, and you can't respec in that game. I think that's a different scale of a game, though. I mean, you can beat Diablo the entire thing, like on the, the normal, not, not Nightmare or Hell difficulty, much quicker than in, in Dragon Age. Right, and you also there's people. there's also no character development in that game. And if people you have really built cared about Diablo, but I don't think really that's valid. I think you're comparing apples and oranges because you're carrying you're comparing a game where you don't create a character to play. An RPG, you are creating a character. You are that character. You're the embodiment of that. Like it's different than playing a Squall or as Cloud or something like that, where you're playing a scripted character. You are my character's name is like fancy face or something like that. Right, but some things have to be better than others. I mean, you can't just be like, if, if, it, if it pops up a, a choice and it says, do you want to have two swords that are on fire or do you want to have Down syndrome? 
and you choose Nelson from, then well, I expect that you will be penalized for that choice. I absolutely agree, but he chose the option that he's a gray fucking warden. Like, he didn't choose the Down Syndrome. He chose, I'm going to be a badass to fight the blight. And you're saying that his option as a fucking badass was less good as another badass. And I totally agree. I, I totally I'm agree that there's like... The same thing. I'm actually playing through the game without having restarted or any of that shit with wasted points in skills that I thought were good when I started and aren't any good now um, as a backstabbing rogue. And I don't have any of these difficulty problems. And one of the main reasons for that is because I looked at the other characters in my party and I picked things that I thought would be tactically powerful. And now Grant saying, well, when I spec'd out my mage, I picked a bunch of stuff that I thought was neat. And I don't really mind that Grant is punished for that. I think the most important thing that we that we has come out of this discussion is that we're, it's ten after nine o'clock and you're losing points now. <laughs> that is the best thing about this for me. Well, no matter how right or wrong you may be, you're being punished now for making the points that you're making. It's true, I am. I'm being punished for disliking you so incredibly. <laughs> That's nothing new. So, um, so we can uh, we can give you this point to. Uh, to use your ejector seat if you want to. Alright, uh, I, I will have to do that. Okay, and that's I'm fine. I'm sure nobody will mind not being talked over by the guy who thinks the grant should be punished. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, well, I think we disagree on how he should be punished. Yeah, we'll figure that out after after you go. So Alright, good times. All right. So, so here, uh, in the hopes of spire, inspiring mockery, um, my top five for the year. Okay. Number one, Street Fighter 4. You're supposed to start with number five. Have you All never right. done this before? <laughs> but I already did this. All right, so number five, Champions Online. Jesus. <laughs> number four, Torchlight. Number three, Dragon Age. PC, PC, PC. Number two, NBA 2K10. Xbox 360. PC. Number also one, PC. Street Fighter 4. Yeah. Okay, so your top, games. <laughs> your top two games are 360 Xbox. games. Xbox Which is yeah. kind of shocking. But I mean, when I look back at the year and I go, how much enjoyment did I get out of the games I played that came out this year? Those two are clearly at the top. Okay. You know, you and I alone, you know, got a lot of enjoyment out of Street Fighter 4. And, you know, just the other day we were talking about how we plan to play it again when it gets re released. That's true. Whatever the hell it's getting re released as. Super Street Fighter Four is coming out pretty soon. Don't don't there act like there it's it's completely unannounced. <laughs> In fact, they they just did a big thing, a big blog post on on Adon today that you should go look up because his uh, nose is kind of freaking me out. <laughs> um, so yeah, get get the fuck out, go to bed, get your full points, and uh, we'll uh, we'll to to our listening audience, we'll hear from Joe again in the new year. No, I expect that when I download this podcast, when you actually put it up, that I will be. Heavily denigrated <laughs> after this point. All right, so, so you guys need to make that happen for me. Not just on the podcast. There's going to be uh, right, right, images like on the website, like in any way that you can conceive. Yes, yes. We'll. we'll I, I've, I've got experience in that, and we'll do our best. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. All right. So 
that's the end of Joe. I'm clicking end call, and Joe is gone. Um, so yeah, it's us. Joe talked about Dragon Age. Drew, you said almost nothing about Dragon Age. Let's hear your take on Dragon Age. I think it's fantastic. Why? Cool. How well? Okay, let's start here. How much have you played I'm Baldur's Gate One almost, and Two? Okay, so I played Baldur's Gate Two to completion with five different parties. I think. Nice. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> I I played Baldur's Gate One almost to completion. It wasn't. It didn't grab me the same way. Yeah, it was really. It was the Not first town was like, just. Yeah, it was like getting through some of those first fights in that game were just hard, and mm-hmm. you could. You know, that game felt way more old school RPG. It well, because it is right. But that was like like when you're talking about like this like Dragon Age being tough, like a difficult game. That nothing compared to Baldur's yeah. Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I beat Icewind Dale one and two. Gotten about seventy five percent of the way through Planescape and lost my save game to a hard drive. Um, and never oh, the went end back. of that game is so good. Yeah, that's the one. That's oh. the one game I regret not beating. Which one? It's Planescape, uh, Planescape Torment. Torment. Oh yeah, it's kind of the. It's considered by many to be the high water mark in, mm. in these style games. Justly. Um, if you want to get into it, I've played Fallout One to completion twice, and Fallout Two to completion four or five times. Okay, it's, it's Fallout Two is my every year I go back and play it for a place. So the Garden of hours. the Garden of Eden creation kit is kind of your bitch, is what you're saying. Yeah, it has <laughs> actually. You know, the Gek is cool because they call it the Holy Gek. But really, what that is about what Fallout did for Fallout Two did for me that no other that Fallout One did it pretty well. Fallout Three didn't do it for me. It's just. I could go into like a city and fuck with it, and then like whatever happens, I just do. Like, yeah, it was just more of like a playground with these little vignettes, yeah. and they tried to do it in Fallout Three, but mm-hmm. they were much more linear yeah. as opposed to in Fallout Two, where I could become a porn star if I have a high enough charisma and dexterity. That's true, <laughs> but just like we're not talking about Diablo when we're talking about torchlights. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know, but you, you're the one who started. I did, I'm saying I'm, this is a binary question. How much of that have you played? Well, that's not binary. So you're, you're setting up, you know. I love these got, games you've a, got lot. a lot of street cred. Yeah. For, and games. okay, hang on. Let me go get you some more pretzels first of all, because no, Drew is currently picking through the salt of an empty bowl of pretzels for more calories. Mm. So while I go get another bag, why don't you keep talking? Drew? Uh, so basically, Dragon Age is just. I mean, I don't know what uh, what to say about it other than. It's really damn good. Mm-hmm. It's super tactical. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's it's just awesome. Now you right. say super tactical like it's a good thing. Do you, yes. Do you think that it... That, do you like pausing all the time? Yes, I'm a pauser. Yeah. <laughs> I am... That's a sound. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> um, I'm now the only one here. following me. Drew is... Um... I may have to narrate now. <laughs> Oh, if only this was a video, a vodcast. A vod, a vod, uh, a vodka I am not much of a pauser. I don't like pausing that much, but I feel like I have to in Dragon Age, and I feel like that's to its detriment. But really, okay. I know a lot of people like you just indicated. Not I am a pauser. Well, I've I've now learned that pausing is my friend. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't been used to that before because the game is set up like presentation it gives you, and I started playing it like wow, and you know quickly. Well, Actually, once I realized that I was on easy mode by default, and I rectified that and turned it to normal, then I realized that I was playing it wrong. Okay. Um, because when I was playing on easy mode, up through the first ogre fight, um, at the top of the first right. little towery thing, 
um, I didn't realize I was on easy mode. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, about, you know, difficulties and such. And I had to actually check my options. I was like, oh, I've been playing on easy mode this whole time. It defaults you to, what does that mean? What do you mean? I don't know. It it, it either defaulted me to easy or like, or knocked me down or something. What? Are you playing on a 360 or PC? No, PC. Okay. I don't know why it was on. Either. Okay, whatever. Anyway. Um, but I found that it was. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I, I I changed that, and then as soon as I had this big epic fight against an ogre, I wandered the world map and got like ravaged by five thousand dogs or wolves. <laughs> um, I remember that. And first. that's when I realized I was playing it wrong, um, because that is like a wake up call to you. Yeah. You get surrounded by fucking wolves, and I just took down an ogre. I just you know. <laughs> did all this epic shit over here yeah. and wolves kill me um and so i had to start rethinking what i was doing and uh so i started you know pausing and basically once i started playing it like a turn-based rpg it started um or a turn-based like tactical non-grid-based rpg okay <laughs> is when it started making sense for me I had I had a similar experience to when like I finally because the game doesn't really explain this this that well. But no. I'm playing a rogue, it you really want to be behind mm -hmm. your enemy at all times when you're a rogue. Absolutely. I don't. Am I wrong in that? I don't really think the game tells you that really. Uh, it's like backstabs do more damage, but yeah, I'm from old school D and D. Backstab is to me the first attack in a right. fight, and then there's it's general RPG thing. knowledge. Yeah. And so in this game, no. When you're behind a guy with a rogue, you'll do criticals every goddamn time. Yeah. Once I figured that out, it made it easier. Mm -hmm. And so the difficulty has gotten a little better for me because I generally will just send my party <clears> in <throat> and then just control my rogue and maneuver him around to where he needs to be. But, uh... I mean, that's... Is that my fault for not knowing that? I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed your game less for the first 10 hours because hmm. of this mechanic and the character that I chose to create within the options that you gave me, so... Right. Well, I think one thing that's, um, you know, going kind of going back to the the long, <laughs> you know, talk about um, making wrong or right choices. Yeah. I think the game does punish you for not having a mage um, because there are certain mm -hmm. options in battle where there are certain tools you need to have to overcome certain challenges right. that the game presents you with. Especially when when not having a mage, you mean. Not your main character. Not no, no, no. Just not having a mage in your party. Oh well, I would never not have a mage in my party now. Right, right, right. You know, we've learned this. You yeah. know, from playing the game <laughs> that you need to have some. And that's the thing. It's like you know, having this balanced party is including all these tools in your tool belt. Yeah. And then there's certain mage abilities of different tiers that are also tools. Right. And so by not choosing certain you know tools to have in your tool belt, then the game starts you know, saying, no, you need to have, you know, at least some way of crowd control. Yes. You need to, um, you know, e e either by having an extremely strong tank with lots of taunts or, you know, by having some sort of lockdown yeah. or a way, you know, there's got, you've got to have a way to deal with mages because mages are going to get in your shit all the time. Yeah. And I totally stopped Drew from talking about Dragon Age. You can talk. You That's know, fine. Interject. Okay. <laughs> well, you beat it one and a half times. He hasn't, so I think you yeah. are allowed to talk to it for proportionally more. Okay. Than <laughs> I just don't. I don't <laughs> want to hog a discussion or anything. And you can talk over me since I'm not. Um, That's true. I'll, I'll do it anyway. I'll play <laughs> the role of Joe. <laughs> Joe sucks, by the way. He wanted us to talk shit about him. Joe, you're 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 stupid. <laughs> anyway, what a dick! That I've only met like twice on <laughs> voice. 
So you would you would both put it on your at least on your list of game of the year. I've heard yeah. Drew say that it was one of your favorite games of the year. I don't think you would knock off Arkham Asylum to put it there, but no, I don't really know where it would lie. Some of it's because I'm not done with it. Not that it really matters. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those like I I wicked love it. I'm so mm-hmm. glad it exists, and yeah. it's also probably the only game this year that I will come back to. Hmm. Which is something that someone said, yeah. but they've kind of built that. That's not like <laughs> I would come back to. I, I mean, if I were to say that about Uncharted Two, that would be something very different, I think, from what you're saying. Well, you'd I be saying it because of the multiplayer. Maybe, but I assume what you mean is I'm going <laughs> to play a mage this time. Or are you saying that? Are you saying I'm going to play the same thing? Maybe I don't know. It's Mine just the same thing with Morrowind or Oblivion. It's I like, mean, I'm going to play Rogue again. Well, honestly, if if all that game was was the nine origin story or six origin stories or whatever, yeah. I would just play through those six, and I would have been very happy because those were well, the first two I played were yeah. good. They Supposedly, were good. yeah, there are some good ones and some very much not good. Well, ones, but, but yeah. whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's content in a game. It's yeah, going to be sure. up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just for me, that game is just yes, it built in its replayability. Damn you! <laughs> Damn you for you know basically doing in one game giving me the way to play it. Like, so I played it, I'm, my main character is a mage with a, with a crazy beard. Alright. Which, I don't know what his name is. It's You're gonna need to take it, when you get home you need to take a <laughs> screenshot and send it to me so I can oh, up on the... Oh, you can oh, become you can my friend right on EA or bi- social.bioware.com oh, yeah. and you can see what my mage okay. is doing. You can see I'll, the equipment. I'll do that yeah. while we're talking. Oh man, it's ba- they what, basically really? did the, yeah. the wow thing. Yeah, know, I've got my character too. The mage yeah. low thing if you play DQ, the mm-hmm. three people on them. No. Yeah, but nobody, um, nobody played that game. But um, we're in Canada. But like you, you know, it's just like so. I played it the first time as a male mage, and like the the mage story was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I, I really liked it. Uh, human or elf? Human. Okay. And so I did that. It makes difference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's actually my point yeah. is yeah. like and the next time I did, too. yeah, I did female for the uh, a female warrior, human noble or whatever, mm-hmm. and human noble, awesome. Yeah, and the. It was just crazy because my my father in the story tried to marry me off in the first few minutes, you know, as a female. So. Yeah, I was just, I was a male, but it was kind of the same thing. Uh-huh. Trying to pair me up with a with a visiting. Yeah, it girl. was it was yeah. just really interesting, like how that works. And I, I was right. like, mm-hmm. in uh, it makes me curious to see all that stuff. But I know I'm never. There's no way we'll ever see all the content in this yeah. game. Yeah. Well, what's also interesting, you know, you're talking about the profile, all the choices that you make throughout oh, really? the entire game. I haven't looked at it since they, like, the they basically first time have I like a, uh, a like a sentence synopsis of like every sort of major plot point that happens. Okay, and they just sort of list it out in reverse chronological order. Oh, that's cool. And they take screenshots of you know what you like all your major decisions and upload those. I assume this is only for the PC version. Uh, no, it's on both versions, I think. Really? Or, it, I don't know, actually. Like, how do they? How would they do that it's, on the 360? It's, it's, I guess um, on the 360... Well, on the PC, they take screenshots. Yeah, I don't know if they do... Okay, I, this is probably where my ignorance, you know, kills me, but... No, this game should be played on the PC. There's yeah, oh, no, yeah. No, no, absolutely. No, it's... I've... I have several former co-workers that were adamant about playing it on 360, and they did to completion... And I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah, former guest of the podcast, Nick Davidson, is playing about 360, I think. I just don't understand. Like, well, I mean... I mean, you have you have four hotkeys. It's easier to play games on the 360. <laughs> My keyboard is 
structured so that it's touch sensitive on the top. There are no keys for the function keys, right. so I can't really su- select my guys anyway. I have to click on the menu. Oh, I, like, I click so anyways. Like, yeah, well, and it, oh, we're looking at Drew's Dragon Age albums. Nice. Apparently, he's he's gotten it on with uh, Morrigan, although there's a broken picture no, link, so we'll never know. That's actually when you get uh, woken up by oh. her. Oh, right, and it, yeah. And, uh, and you happen to have a sexy back, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy beard has a sexy back. <laughs> you look like exactly the same as my guy, except you have a beard. That's awesome. It's like the evil universe version. All links are broken. What's up, Bioware? <sighs> Bioware. Bioware, fix your shit. <laughs> I see a rage. The doctors need to get on in there and knock some heads together. Yeah, you probably shouldn't look at my like screenshots, just because it'll probably have the like end game. At the very top. Uh, it's probably good. But you can look at my profile. This is totally broken. What, yeah, what, whatever. What is going on? Also, good radio. <laughs> so what? Good radio. What do you mean? This is good radio. Oh, yeah. Whatever. We're, you know, we're already talking about... Well, keep talking about fucking... Stop clicking on shit and start talking about how awesome Dragon Age is. <laughs> I keep getting interrupted. Oh. You keep eating pretzels. You Yum. keep pawing pretzels out of my hand. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so... Ultimately, Dragon Age is good. You like it. We're about the same spot. How much of you, like, there are, you know of, like, the four different choices that you have. It. Like, how many have you done of those? The same, exactly where you are. Okay. So, we're about, you never answered the question before. We're about, like, halfway through. say through. about a third. Christ, really? Because some of them are longer than others. Well, the mage one was awesome. The dwarven, the dwarven one is about equivalent to two of them. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if I can do that. I mean, I... <laughs> I've I found myself like as I've been playing, being like I can only take like an hour or two of Dragon Age, and then and there's stuff I'm, after that too. I believe it. I, yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've been spoiled for something significant that happens in that Uh-oh. game that makes me wonder how the hell that it could happen, and etc. Yeah. But there's anyway. a lot of things that make you wonder how it could happen. Yeah, uh, especially towards the end. So I'm I'll I'll finish <laughs> it eventually. I hope I will. Yeah. I don't. I I said I was going to change it back to easy difficulty to try to make it easier. I haven't yet. And that's been okay so far. Okay. Yeah, I'd say, I don't know, I'd say tough it out. I think it's worth it. Well, once I get to the point where there's a a point in the skill tree for rogues that's like, Mm -hmm. if you choose this, then your cunning counts instead of your strength for damage. I'm almost there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it existed because I didn't mouse over every single goddamn thing on the skill tree to see what I wanted to plan towards. Yeah. So I missed out on that for a long time. Maybe that means I'm playing a rogue wrong. I don't know. But Have uh, have you done any specializations yet? Yes, I'm a duelist, I think. Okay, duelist is one of the good specializations. Yeah. Don't pick bard. Um, I have the ability to do that, but I do Yeah, because well, you have girl in your party, right? Yeah, the, the worst accent in the history of video games. Yeah, Tell me what you think about her accent and her performance, because I found it really distracting. She's French. Is she? Sometimes she Vaguely. is, she's sometimes she's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... It's the general idea is that she's supposed to be some sort of Frenchish. Well, she's French and lisping, and I find it. it nobody else who's from Orlais kind of they don't really talk the same way. They don't have the same kind of lispy accent that she does. I don't think. I don't know. They, they all have a vaguely French accent. Yeah, French. Yes, but yeah. she's also adds some weird. Anyway, it's just, I, I found her to yeah. be strange. <laughs> and since I already am a rogue as my main character, I haven't put her in. So yeah. she's kind of been sitting around in the camp with other people the whole time. What I'm but. definitely, you know, experiencing right now is that she's the uh, the, the most difficult to come up with. To the, woo? Uh, yeah. That option. Cause... Well, that's how I got spoiled <laughs> for something. I looked up a gift-giving guide eventually, because um, I was like, I've got all this stuff in my inventory. I don't want to here, sure. take this and have it be plus one. So I looked up a gift-giving guide, and somebody who joins your party, you're like, 
what? Oh, no. oh. So I got spoiled for that, and I That's won't say any more. <laughs> but yeah, and I so I don't have any problem with gifts. I'm like, I get something new, go to that site. Oh, plus ten, go. Right. Well, I mean, but, I think I think you know the easiest way to think about it is like this person likes this category mm-hmm. of stuff. I've done that. Yeah. I've done that for 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 a while now, and I finally kind of figured out the general idea. But mm-hmm. I don't want to take any chances because there's no upside to guessing wrong. You know, right, it's not right. like your chance your choices have consequences is great, but not when the item is gone, and that doesn't really mean anything in the greater context of the game. Sure. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, Dragon Age is good. Uh, I I don't know where I would put it on my list of top games of the year. I I've been far too frustrated with it and I mm-hmm. I keep bouncing off it and going towards other new games that are coming out so well and you know we've talked about this before offline but your frustrations with this game mirror my frustrations with, with Uncharted, Uncharted yeah and that's just that's I think that's just I am very much more of a old school PC gamer yeah but I'm like 10 years older than you and I've been playing PC games for proportionally yeah but I don't think Whereas, I would never put a Final Fantasy in my top whatever games. You would, right? Yeah. And that's just, I'd like, if you could go through all the games that I would be, like, you know, my my Desert Island game, as ridiculous as that is, right, is, other than a game that I can get on the internet and tell people I'm on Desert Island... If you remove that <laughs> that that context from it, it's, <laughs> it's whatever the latest civilization is. Right. Civilization, really. Yeah. And so like Civ Four you liked I love. Anyway, well go ahead. <laughs> but you know, you can go into like one of the things I debated bringing up as one of my game of the years for this is Civilization Revolution for the iPhone, because it came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean it's I mean, just I love it. Like, okay. And I'm not I mean, I've played it a couple times, but it's what is it? Is it like a port of Civ something or it's Civ Rev. Like the Civ Rev was the console version of Civilization, Civilization Revolutions. It mm-hmm. came out last year. Okay. Came out on, it's probably like similar to the DS one. It is the, the iPhone version is the DS version. Yeah. Okay. And then the PC versions are the same game with better graphics. Yeah. Okay. But it's well. just it's simplified civilization. And Civ is my favorite game ever. Like not even close. I've... Actually, the reason I got a, I started pursuing a job in the industry is because of Civilization. That's okay. a pretty high endorsement. Yeah. I've sank. I've sunk. <laughs> more hours into that series than probably anything except Final Fantasy. But it would be that or EQ for me. The first EQ. Of what? Your all first, time yeah. Desert Island? Well. Were, like, no, I mean, hour wise. Oh, like, uh, I don't even know what the answer to that is. <laughs> that would be the next time you guys are on. We'll talk about our but, Desert Island games. Uh, but no, but I just think that, I mean, that's where I am as a gamer, though, right? Mm-hmm. I, sure. I trend towards the hardcore tactical minutia games. Yeah, and, and I've never gone that f- Yeah, okay. I do not like action-y games. Like, my problem with Final Fantasy games is I, I love the stories. They're really fun. I play all of them. There is I have no real complaints with them, but I find the combat to be less engaging than Western RPG combat. Okay. And that's just, I like, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I don't know. I like stat sheets. I like. I love character sheets. And shit. <laughs> yeah, I, and I and I I really don't. Even though I have a background in playing lots of D anD D, and I love playing Baldur's Gate and stuff, I just prefer. If I go to the status screen and I in, in like a Final Fantasy game, none of that stuff really matters ever, right. and I'm fine with that. I like that. I like the game worrying about that for me. And anyway, um, 
So, I think what we've decided here is that Grant's Game of the Year is still Uncharted 2. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe's Game of the Year is Street Fighter 4. Drew's Game of the Year seems to be Batman Arkham Asylum. Right? Which flies in the face of what I just talked about, but yes. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, it flies in the... Well, you, we, you made a good case earlier for... Well, I, I think the one thing that we didn't mention in the Batman thing is the reason Batman is my favorite game is no game this year was paced as well. Mm. The moment-to-moment things, like, they had the pacing curve just right for me. I, I guess think. so. I, it's hard for me to say <laughs> because I, I took every possible opportunity to go find more. Yeah, but, like, when you're... So. I did a lot of that, but I, I did it as they opened up each area. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it at the end. Yeah, okay. Whereas, like, like Crackdown, which, you know, like I, we're talking about a three-year-old game here, but Crackdown <laughs> created open-world crack, which is the little orbs all over the yeah, map, right? Yeah, they were yeah. the first game to do that, and it's in everything now. Infamous. Right, to, similar to the... Yeah. yeah infamous. We haven't talked about... Infamous. Game oh, of the Year. that was also a game. Game of the Year? Out this year. Game um, of the Year. Consensus Game of the Year. Infamous. Done. Anyway, so... <laughs> uh, the, the way that, like, all that stuff is sprinkled around in Crackdown was very much like, here is a whole region. One third of the map is open now. Go mm-hmm. get all of it at, at your own will. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, that was too much at once. Whereas in yeah. what they did in da- Batman is like, well, here's like 20 at a time. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? you're and, right. It's like I, more edible chunks. You're right. And I think they did that with everything. And they were really, they were really, really, really aware that, hey, we can't put too much stealth next to each other. There's like seven stealth maps yeah. in that whole game. Yeah. And they just give it to you, and like when they give it to you, you're ready for it because it's been mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. You do yeah. it, you're done. You don't need it for like a while. That's true. And it's Absolutely. just, you know, that was the thing that Uncharted 2's first half of the game did perfectly for me. It was mm-hmm. the combat was in, yeah. in nice chunks, followed by the 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 crawly crawly, followed by the the cutscenes back and forth all over the place. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. if there was an Uncharted 2 and an, an Uncharted 2.5 was everything post train. Then maybe Uncharted Two is the is kind of undisputed game of the year. I honestly, you know? honestly, like Uncharted Two is in my top five games yeah. because yeah, of the absolutely. opening. And there's parts of the second half that are just amazing. Like mm. the 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 best part of that game was in the first half for me, and I don't want to talk about it because it's spoilerific. But I'm, that game did the moments in that game that they got right. No one has done yeah. anything like it. I agree, yeah. and that's why it's my game of the year. Because right. I mean, for all its faults, and they were like you said, there was no perfect. I think Batman. I guess the point I was trying to make two hours ago was that <laughs> Batman comes the closest of any game this year to to being without, without some flaw. egregious. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm. But that's not enough for me to push it above Uncharted Two, which those set pieces were so amazing that they've been better than anything else. So, mm. yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Arkham Asylum, is that your final answer? This is the last podcast of this year, so... Uh, it's 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 gotta be Demigod. <laughs> I'm glad that you got a chance to plug Demigod. Yes. I, I think Demigod's the game of the year, you know? Yes. Well, we've been over that before. Please, yeah. please buy it. I love Demigod. Demigod. I don't want to... T- I mean, I honestly... Demigod would be in the top, top games of my list if I wasn't working for the company. Well, that's the thing, is that if <laughs> when you work in this industry, some... You... It's you're kind of lucky in some cases to work on something that you want to play and that you really enjoy. And oh, I completely agree. Like, I can't say that, definitely can't say that about all the games I've worked on. But <laughs> it sounds like Demigod for you is like far and away the, the, the one that you play more than anything else. Well, that's not fair because I work on eight hours a day, so I end up <laughs> playing that game quite a bit. Right. Mm. Actually, although it did ship in April, so maybe I didn't. Whatever, maybe it's... <laughs> anyway, um... I, I, Demigod is great, but 
you know, it is flawed. I recognize that it, it cannot be in the game of year discussions because it doesn't do a lot of things that, that a game of the year must contain. Yeah. Um, I also am not a big multiplayer gamer, which is odd because that game basically is a multiplayer only game. Sure. And despite the skirmish AI being really fun to play against. <laughs> um, I don't know oh, if we... And, sorry, AI <laughs> game dev, Demigod is in the running for best AI of the year. Nice. Say that URL again. AI a- game dev? Dot what? That, that dot com or Come something? On. I don't know. Okay, while Drew is <laughs> typing shit into uh, Firefox, Leif, yeah. have you said what your game of the year is yet? Definitively? I don't know if you have. It's... Yeah, I know. It's, it's definitely... It's definitely been a point of me thinking about it for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think it's tough because, it, it, you know, f- as far as games that have had like that sort of feeling, like you're talking about, like with Uncharted Two, yeah, you know, those games that have like that sort of, you know, just that moment of yes, you know, this is awesome, yeah, um, you know, Uncharted had the most for me in that regard. Um, as far as pure gameplay, yes, moments, Batman, absolutely. Okay. But it's, I think, for me, I think the way that I'm going to have to classify my game of the year mm-hmm. is just the, the game that I personally mastered, like the game that I felt compelled to just know everything about. Okay. And so I'm going to have to give it to Dragon Age. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, judging by all the... The outbursts via social media <laughs> that I've seen from you about Dragon Age—I don't blame you. That yeah, sounds, that I mean, it's, right. and that's that's a way to—that's a way to judge a game. You know, if you're yeah, compelled sure. to tweet about something, yes, or... how much buzz it gets. <laughs> um, I mean, if you know, and Uncharted had a, a fair amount of that for me too. But right. I, there's things that I couldn't say because, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. you know, well, that part where someone just did this—you yeah. know—you can't really say yeah, that. You don't much. want to give that away. That's true. But I mean, I guess you can be vague about it. Right. But I think the point where I realized that it was my game of the year was um, this past week when I was interviewing for a job. Yeah. And they told me, like, one of the things, one of the parts of the interview was, um, and as a note, I didn't get the job, unfortunately, but one of the parts of the interview that um, they had me do was to take a game I played recently and break it down into its most base components and, you know, testable sections and explain that and, you know, compartmentalize it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was able to take Dragon Age and do that with it mm-hmm. and just say, every, you know, know everything about it, huh. you know, component-wise, gameplay-wise. Um, and there's parts that I think are very flawed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, graphically, it's kind of... Uh, yeah. Not in, in like you know some some of the some of the characters are pretty cool, but they're not the you know most gracefully rendered compared to things like Uncharted Two that came out this year. Yeah. Well, it's... and I'm comparing it to even like Mass Effect. You know uh, that that game is slick, whereas well, Dragon Age is yes. not. Well, I mean that part of that is sci-fi versus fantasy. But sure, I agree. but like it has that aesthetic to it. You know, it you know, has that filter and it has that sort of like color choice. Yeah, like it has that sort of general like you know, mood that it sets up. Yes. Um, whereas Dragon Age, you know, it's it's very kind of dull. Um, Browsing you know, my, my first, you know, my first impressions of it were I attempted to do, do the uh, De La Shelf starter area. And Dragon Age does not do outdoor areas very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, trees are just like, you know, your generic kind of, you know, tree mesh thing that yeah. they do. It's mm-hmm. speed tree. Um, and, 
you know, it, my so my first impressions of it graphically are just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people actually. And you know, but and at the same time, like I was able to look past that, yeah. you know, thankfully because it's a really well crafted game. Um, you know, I think uh, like and this is you know kind of a huge thing for me. Its soundtrack, I think, is actually terrible. I, don't, I haven't like, noticed it. At I don't. All. That's the thing, and and I haven't. I barely noticed it at all. And for me, as a you know someone who listens for soundtracks, I was disappointed by that because yeah. it sounded like everything else that I've heard. You know, it used a t- it had it used like stock uh, quotes of instruments and vocalists terribly. Oh, really? Um, yeah. When you're in the, when you're in the tavern, you know you have this you know sort of jaunty uh, you know tavern music, but then you have. Um, a sample from like Ethnic Voices Library you know, 65 <laughs> of some woman going, oh, and just like s- singing like, you know, some sort of lament while it's playing. It's interesting. I've never and, noticed that in that game. I noticed that in a lot of <laughs> other games, but not in Dragon Age. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, you know, it, it, I'm sure it uses the, the typical uh, ethnic instrument uh, right. that every fantasy RPG must have. Um, that is this one specific, you know, quote that has, you know, it's like uh, a Middle Eastern instrument. I forget the name of it. I per- should probably know what it's called. Sitar? No, no, no. It's, um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Sitar Brigade on the case. There you go. Um, but it, you know, sort of... That's, that's oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. in WoW. It's in, you know, every single fantasy RPG or any game that might have a Middle Eastern influence to right. that quote will be in the soundtrack Mm. um so i mean is this certain things that just irk me about fantasy generic stuff that just it it, i didn't really like the soundtrack and yet and yet it's your game it's my game of the year at least it wasn't jeremy soul who did the soundtrack for it (laughs) or i don't know well okay um it's uh quarter to ten now we've been talking leif and i have been on the uh Talking for about three hours now, Drew. Oh, wow. so, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a it's been a I good end of year my, extravaganza. Uh... I know you should you should uh, <laughs> you should. While I'm going to use the restroom, oh, you can either take a break right here and and and, and wait for me to get back, or you can start going down your list of underappreciated gems. No, I, I, I'd rather everyone was here. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, so we're back nice. now. We're back. That mean you're still allowed to talk, even though you're. you're okay. I should do the we're back part again. I agree. We're, we're back now. We're yes, thank you, thank you, friend of the podcast, Virginia. We're back. Friend, um, we're just friends now. Yes, we are just. <laughs> I think you we're back. <laughs> we're back, everybody. Welcome to episode break. five of Two Versus Two podcast. This is episode four, actually. We're starting over. Episode five. Welcome Three hours over. later, we need to start over. So, um, Leif has a list that he we referred to earlier of the fifty-eight games that Leif had narrowed down his game of the year to, or <laughs> games that he played this year that he wanted to reference, and some of those should be brought up and not be forgotten. So, let's hear it. Right. Um, well, I, I basically culled my list of games that I had. Or games that I had played this year and came up with five that I think are notable um, and are probably not you know, going to grace anyone's like top of the year list right. just because 
they're slightly more obscure, they're 2D for the most part, <laughs> which tends to negate them from a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Um, the Odin Sphere of... Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. although Odin Sphere was... Wasn't yeah, it was like great. four years ago. Well, no, uh, I didn't like it that much either. No, but yeah. I, uh, no, Muramasa is much better. Um, which which I haven't played. You should play it. Um, it's not actually in these five. Okay. five. <laughs> well, let's talk about it the It should five. be, though. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay, so one of them is... Uh, pretty obscure DS game that came out earlier this year, which is... Oh, cat. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Go ahead. Drew's playing with the cat toy, everybody, for those of them. Um, so, Henry Hatsworth. Ah, I, I got it from Gamefly. Yeah, and I thought that was a really interesting, like, mashup game that is both a sort of platformer, slashy shooter game, but also, you know, a... a uh, uh, Tetris Attack slash Puzzle... Uh, what do they call that? Puzzle S- League? Puzzle League, yeah. yeah slide type yeah. game. Um, that I thought was a lot of fun. I didn't actually beat it, unfortunately, uh-huh. but I played a, a whole lot of it. And um, I just really liked sort of the general uh, you know, sort of style that it had. It had a really neat uh, you know, sp- you know, sprite-based uh, world and characters and stuff. And right. It was, just, it was this just bizarre... Uh, uh, sort of English gentleman secret society storyline where you know the tea was the key to summoning giant robots and yeah. and being explorers and British and it was fantastic. <laughs> I, I really wanted to love it and I was looking yeah. forward to playing it and I was looking forward to getting it from GameFly and I got it because mm-hmm. I love Puzzle League games like yeah, Pokemon yeah. Puzzle League. I played with a bunch of the guys I used to work with. <laughs> Almost nonstop for a while. It was yeah. it was wonderful, but something about this game, like platformer plus that mm-hmm. genre, it just didn't click for me, and I don't really, I still don't know why. Right, know it's you know, it's it's slightly distracting, I suppose, when you're playing through it because, it, but I, I don't know because you have to interrupt your platforming and yeah. shooting and slashing to you know solve pu- you know the puzzle at the bottom screen, and it's constantly rising while you're playing. Yeah, but. You know, I don't think it interrupted that often, but yeah. it was still sort of a, a present thing, and definitely got a little annoying once you started encountering skull el- skull enemies. I don't remember um, if I got that when far. You, well, when you encounter enemies that happen to be skulls, when they go down into the puzzle, because when you you defeat an enemy, it goes down to the puzzle as a block. Right. And to actually kill the enemy for good, you have to solve. You know, you have to match three or four. Uh, with, of that color, right. but when they're the skull enemies, they're a skull block, and you have to match it with other skull blocks oh. to get rid of it. Mm. And if those rise to the top, they come back and harass you some more. I don't, yeah, I don't remember if I, <laughs> if I saw those guys or not, but I, I, yeah. don't, I didn't make it past a few hours. So. But you know, I, I had fun with it, and I thought you, you know, it's it's worth uh, you know noting just because it was something new. It was yeah. Made. You know, I'm definitely glad that it so, got made. I'm glad that and yeah. I, didn't EA do it? Yeah, it was EA. so yeah, great job EA this year and last year. For, yeah giving a shit about new IP. Exactly. And um, so the, the second game, so I guess I'm going, you know, from bottom to top of games. Good. Uh, it's much better than Joe doing. <laughs> Number one is Street Fighter. What? <laughs> what how, do we, how does this work? Bunch of dudes. Yeah. Face. Um, so one, the fourth one is one that I'm actually still playing, um, but I've played enough of it, I think, to say that it is worthwhile, which okay. is uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Okay, and that's it's an odd one because I know there's people that are fans of the Might Magic series, and they're like, "What is this travesty? <laughs> it's anime. 
it looking. You know, it's not a actual mind magic game. It's yeah. so that aside, you know, okay, they're using the IP. Um, it's someone, you know, it, it's Capybara Studios, which is a relatively new development uh, team, and they did Critter Crunch for PSN and iPhone, okay. um, which is pretty, you know, pretty fantastic uh, puzzle game. They took sort of a general, the same general idea, and applied it to a strategy RPG of sorts. Okay. And so the general idea is you have um, various units of certain colors on the bottom screen is your army, and then you're facing off against an opposing army, which also has, uh, you know, different colored units. And then what you're doing is you're taking units from the back of your army and then placing them in different rows to either form vertical or horizontal matchings of colors. And by okay. doing it vertically, charges an attack. And then by doing it horizontally, charges, it creates a wall. So essentially what you're doing... <laughs> this is really complicated. <laughs> it, it's not really. Okay. Maybe just you describing it is it's, complicated. Yeah, it, doesn't do, it doesn't describe well. Fair enough. Um, do you know what he's talking about? No idea. Okay. All I got was vertical and horizontal and might and magic. It's you know, it's it's a game where you match colors. Oh, bejeweled, good game. Yeah, except you, they're armies. <laughs> okay, and it's, it's a puzzle quest. Puzzle game. quest. It's like puzzle quest, kind of. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, <laughs> which is maybe why it's not as you know talked about or well anything on the iPhone pretty much you're gonna but it's not it's, on the iPhone it's on DS oh I thought you said okay I missed you earlier anything you on said. a handhold you're gonna get crickets from me yeah just because I don't like playing games on them other than your uh, Civ well that's just my way of getting Civ into the list that has really very little to do with me <laughs> wanting to play well you play Farmville on your netbook does that count <laughs> I do play Farmville should we talk about that no no we should not <laughs> what's your number three <laughs> alright number three uh, a boy and his blob for Wii. Ah, uh, yes, I haven't downloaded that yet. Thank you for reminding it's, me. You can't download it. It's only disc? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was downloadable. Okay. And there's another, you know, perception that 2D games are downloadable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's unfair, necessarily. <laughs> no, I, I saw uh, Giant Bomb did a quick look of it a, uh, a few yeah. months ago, and it looked really cool. Yeah, no, it's. I was a big fan of the original NES game, um, which honestly wasn't that great of a game. Yeah. But the concept was cool enough. You know, you're a kid with a blob and you throw jelly beans to him. Like, yeah. You know, I love jelly bellies. You know, they got all these flavors <laughs> and I can make a blob turn into things. <laughs> and, you know, that as a kid, that appealed to me. I, I got nowhere in the game. I explored caverns for the entirety of me playing the game. And I didn't really do anything in the game, but I still had enough fun just kind of messing around yeah. with it that it was a good time for me. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, that IP just kind of, you know, it got refreshed by WayForward, um, who do good games. And they uh, turned a somewhat subpar uh, game, took its IP, took its ideas, and made it into a great game, I think. And the art style was gorgeous. Oh, too. yeah. Really it's all hand-drawn art. Yeah. Um, all the animations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um uh, just really enduring, you know. This there's a hug button, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's that's I the degree of you know sort of cuteness it has. Mm -hmm. But um, it's you know really well designed levels, um, you know puzzle action platforming stuff. Um, they you know each level on the outset has uh, you know certain uh, selection of forms that the blob can take, 
and then using those tools, yeah. you know, you manage to you know maneuver your way through the level, uh, collect treasure chests to unlock bonus levels, and so you know it's it's, it's just it's it's a lot more linear than the original Borna's Blob, um, but I think as a result they made a better game by doing so. So you're saying Boy and His Blob for the NES was the first good open world game? <laughs> is what you're... I don't think I ever mentioned it was a good game. <laughs> no, I don't remember it fondly. I played it maybe <laughs> once and didn't like it, but the but the, the one for the Wii looked really yeah. impressive. Too. But, you know, being a fan of that old game does kind of play into the nostalgia factor once sure. you get the second world. Uh, um, okay. Because the game, you know, the original game, you start off in a city and you're kind of like the city and go into the sewers and there's a big cavern underground. And the the Wii game starts in a forest and you're like, what is this forest? And you're in a treehouse and stuff. Once you get to the second world, you transition into that same city and it sort of brings back the music. Oh, okay. That's and you cool. have the house to explore and you know it's it's sort of you know plays on your nostalgia a little bit. Okay. You adventure through the caverns again. So Okay. Yeah. I yeah, well, that's definitely thank you a game. for reminding me of that one. I'll have to buy that. Yeah. Um number two is slightly more obscure. Also, by way forward, though, um, Mighty Flip Champs for DSiWare. And that's further niching that. Okay. Because that's only for DSi and only downloadable. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it's you know it got panned by basically everybody. Um, but since I have the advantage of you know testing a plethora of games yeah. that happen to be on that platform, um, I knew about it. And I think you know it's, it's a really neat... Uh, uh, puzzle game. Uh, the general idea is that most of this seems to be me just explaining what these games are because you know. <laughs> well, you can't be surprised by that. I'm sure, considering some of them. Sure. Um, and so, you know, using the DS, you have the top screen is where you're playing. The bottom screen is a alternate version of the level that you can then call into reality by pressing any button. I think I've heard Virginia mentioning this one before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, depending on the level, there are multiple uh, subsequent uh, alternate versions of this level you can call upon. Some of them have like up to seven or eight. And so you cycle through them, but by doing so, you're also you know exploring the environment. And um, so you can sort of preview what you're going to affect the world with on the bottom screen and then flip to it by pressing A. And there's no jumping or anything. All you're doing is climbing ladders and flipping and falling. Okay. And but you're trying to get to this frog. <laughs> it's 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 totally bizarre. I mean, the, it's 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 old school game design where the designs are there for gameplay's sake. Mm-hmm. So you know you're a purple haired chick finding a frog, and then there's also little cows and a cat that you may also have to find throughout the level before you get to the frog. All right, DSiWare. Good to know. (laughs) But it is a good game with excellent music by Jake Kaufman, a.k.a. Bert, um, who is sort of a guy that does a lot of remixing and a lot of work for WayForward and really good chip tunes. Okay. And then the top top game um, is actually well-known. It's Flower. Really? Okay. I I really enjoyed that game. Um, I thought it was just a really different experience. Um, and it's not much I can really say about it just because it's, you know, it's, you have it's, to play it to really, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a game that you really can't explain well, just because it's oblique in nature. It's, yeah. 
you know, you're con- I mean, you try to explain it, and it sounds like the lamest thing ever. Yeah, it sounds, you know, it sounds like an the wind parody. blowing petals through yeah. the sky, and you control this by tilting the controller. You know, it's it doesn't sound interesting. But well, I think it might actually be. I don't know if Drew, have you played it? Yeah, I have two, and it was the first game. <laughs> I, once I bought my PS3, I didn't have any games for it besides uh, Uncharted. So yeah, yeah. it was the first thing I played, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Until it got a little bit, it introduced a, a few too many mechanics for me, and I, it kind of lost to me what what it was. So you're saying about. like the first half of the game, but in the second half, when the purple monkeys showed up, you got you know, <laughs> liking it. Yes, uncharted colon <laughs> flower. Um, but I feel the same way. I mean, uh, the pixel junk games kind of feel the same way to me. I mean, mm-hmm. Eden, Eden felt <clears> the same way, where it's like I really love the game that you're making, and then halfway through it, they're like, "Oh, level war, level five or six. It's like, "Oh, now there's wind. Now there's all these other me- mechanics that you have to worry about, and that's less interesting to me." Yeah. And so I never finished Flower because I, I wanted the game to be. I I guess I didn't want it to evolve past what I was really comfortable with and enjoying, but hmm. clearly you disagree. Yeah, because I think that game is definitely meant to be played in, in a single sitting. That's a long sitting. No, yeah, it's a like, few hours. That's a long sitting. Really? Okay. I play games for 30 <laughs> to minutes to an hour if I'm lucky. Yeah, that's why Dragon Age is taking me so damn long. Yeah, but... that's honestly the biggest problem I have with Dragon Age is that yeah. I have to be able to commit an hour yeah. and a half to it at, at a time. And... Fair enough. Yeah, if I could play that an entire sitting, yeah, I can see how it would build upon itself. So a weekend yeah. game then. Uh-huh. I don't know if you sure. have no other prior obligations. We'll go with three because that's how long it took me. Okay. With this. <laughs> okay, free setting game. And you know, play through two flowers or six mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, cool. I, I like that it got built. I like, but that yeah, it's, it's just the sort of the evolution of sort of how this world is going and kind of the unspoken story. Of, yeah, and it was happening. much, it was much flower than flow. Yeah, and I'm glad that it won to tie it all in. Yeah, uh, indie game of the year, fueled by dew. Yeah, fueled <laughs> yeah. by dew. That game is definitely <laughs> fueled by Mountain Dew. Absolutely, yeah, that game was intense. I got a little tired. <laughs> I got a little tired of having to to go buy Mountain Dew in order to progress in the game. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I, I guess I was—it was—I was surprised that a game about a flower would have so much like extreme kayaking in it. Yeah, well, yeah. you can't swing a dead cat without having an extreme kayaking feature. I know in games. That's crazy. You especially can't. Well, because you're not very good at swinging. I also have a really wide reach. Yeah, you're right? wide. I'm <laughs> tall, so I. Okay, so well, I'm rather tall, in fact. Don't bring that up. I was going to have you read off five to one again, but now your your netbook has slept and you can't do that. So oh, we'll go over them again. That's no, right there. I know. I'll pop my head. Yeah, what we'll whatever. Flower. <laughs> well done. That's all. Blinus blob. Some might magic game. Yeah. <laughs> that's Japanese. That has lot, vertical and horizontal. I don't know. No, it's it's US developed. And then I played Might and Magic One. Scribble knots. <laughs> we already no. We're not talking about scribble. Let's not open that wound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's. I'm, I'm glad that we. I mean, I heard stuff there that I hadn't heard of before. So that's good. And I also got some love for flower and for yeah. other things. So yeah. much love. And that that was another you know earlier this year game. So. Yeah. God, you're right. It's been a long year. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, it's uh, after ten o'clock now. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. Uh, we've got everybody's game of the year idea, sort of, and we've got yeah. Leif's Forgotten Five. We're going to make that a new segment. Um, <laughs> this means I have to come up with five. Yeah, more exactly. Every time. week oh. you have to do that. Um, <laughs> he showed so, up the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's it. Uh, this will be the last podcast of the new year. I think it's uh, the middle of December. Uh, what will we do without him? I know. 
Tell us now. Well, <laughs> I, I think this one should last people four or five weeks. Yeah, I'm going to break it up into like six episodes and then release them right. over a while. Episode, yeah. you, should, you should release it as episodic, episodic content. content. So they have DLC. To, it's all out. But five bucks for, for the first episode. Yeah. yeah. And it's on the disc already. You just need to pay to unlock sure. it. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, uh, that's it. Joe Caruso already uh, went to bed to get his full points in his weird, creepy uh, <laughs> fitness game that he's doing. Uh, I'm Grant Roberts. Uh, Leif Chappelle, Drew Staltman, saying uh, thanks for listening this far, however many parts you've listened to at this point, yeah. uh, to the <laughs> Two vs. Two podcast. We'll see you in 2010. Ooh.